Welcome back to FM Sports, the very best sports podcast where we discuss all things professional sports with a focus on the Florida teams you care about. Now, on this week's show, Chris and I have the NFL Week 5 recap, a look ahead at Week 6, followed up by some fantasy football advice. Now, we are in full October mode with Major League Baseball, and the NBA, Wemby hits the courts for day one, while Chris continues to try to convince me that the Magic are better than the Heat this year. This is Florida Man Sports. Chris and I always have a, a bit of a, of a disagreement. Like for me, I always want our intro to have some kind of some different vibe that kind of gets you amped up. And I wanted to start the show off with the the nineties. You're really gonna bring that? Yeah, up? I'm bringing it up right now because oh like this, this is like I want to I want I want the the listeners' uh, opinion on this. Okay. So they can leave some comments in. They can do whatever they want to do and let us know what they think. Okay. I mean, this intro is the one if you can listen to the show, the same one that we've always had, which is good. I enjoy it. Um, but I want to get something more amped up. So I'm going to go ahead and put, I'm going to play what I'm talking about. You guys know, if you you know grew up in the 90s or watched 90s basketball, you saw the Chicago Bulls, their intro, that, get, that gets you amped up. So I wanted to start it. Chris disagrees. Have a listen and, and let me know what you think. not that this is not a great intro you got to understand that the florida man sports podcast if we're not going to play the orlando magic theme song we're not going to play the chicago bulls theme song of it, the 90s it's okay? more it's more than just chicago bulls i i get it it's that but I me mean, few things gonna be more amped up than that particular track see that's just what happens when you you kind of grow up being a magic fan in the 90s right you're right. dead inside so and oh is that what it is you're dead okay. and then when you grow up rooting for uh, Scott Skiles and Nick Anderson and Dennis Scott. That's what happens. You 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 lose sight of things. I'm ready to put me in the game, Coach. Okay. Put me in the game. That's that's why yeah. when I think of that, it, it gets me amped up. Well, unfortunately, right. they're trying to win games, and I hope that our fans listening to the Florida Man Sports Podcast, if you comment on Twitter, let them know the Orlando Magic song because Johnny doesn't even know the song. He didn't even know the song. from North Carolina, man. I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Put me in the game. All right, Chris, let's get back into this here. The Bucks they have a bye week to get healthy and prepare for Detroit next week. So let's start things off with our boys from Jacksonville. Yes. They're taking on the team that took down the Dolphins last week. Jacksonville, who I told you will get special powers when they play in London, pop them bullies from Buffalo in the mouth. 
beating them 25-20. Tell me about the Jags and Bills, Chris. Yeah, to, to your point, Johnny, there's definitely something in the London air. Jacksonville goes in 1-2. and two. They come out 3-2, and two, so they win back-to-back in London. Uh, of course, this being the most significant win for the Jaguars, they desperately, we desperately needed this win uh, against a formidable team in Buffalo. Uh, it was an ugly game, though, Johnny, if you got to watch this one. I mean, you're talking about five sacks on Trevor Lawrence versus zero for the, for the Jags. Uh, Trevor Lawrence fumbles three times, losing two. So definitely wasn't the best quality game, I would say, but a W is a W. Uh, They went to that great running game, great, great running game, especially in the fourth quarter to seal the win. And I said this before, if you've listened to the previous podcast, folks, Zay Jones is back. He comes back from a couple of weeks being off injured. He gets the only touchdown for Jacksonville. So keep an eye on Zay Jones. That connection is definitely there. And of course, not to get too ahead, Johnny, Jacksonville plays the Colts this week for the division supremacy. They barely won in week one uh, for the top spot in the AFC South. And the Jacksonville beat the contenders they needed to to shut up the critics like Chris. Now, I circled this victory in preseason and let everyone listening to this podcast in July know that the Jags do not lose in London. Now, they took the lead early and never gave it back. Now, they finally controlled the running game. They rushed 40 times for almost 200 yards. That game plan kept Allen off the field, winning a time of possession battle, approximately 38 minutes to Buffalo's 22. Now, this is the type of performance that builds confidence. Allen didn't play bad, but they contained him. It's like the old Jordan game plan where, you know, we're not going to necessarily beat him. Let's try to contain him. And they did just that. Allen got 359 yards passing, 27 for 40, but had a costly interception. It wasn't all good news as Jacksonville still continues to turn the ball over. Like you mentioned, three fumbles, losing two of them. Now, they will not be going far into the playoffs with them fumbling the ball every single game. But, you know, Miami's looking to rebound from their first defeat of the year as they took on the New York football Giants. Yeah, as always, Johnny likes to call something where he called it right. Here's one where he calls it wrong. And when the last week, Johnny, you said that they were going undefeated. Who was going to go undefeated, you said? That was two weeks ago. That was oh, okay. just two weeks ago. Okay. It's two weeks ago. Just like somebody so, else said they go so, undefeated so, on their pick. So so, yeah. so it's the reason why I bring that up is because you get that palate cleanser game now with the Giants, right? So Miami, uh, 2-0 at home. Uh, this was a great, great win getting back on track for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Raheem Mostert, the one-two punch. I think, Johnny, this is probably one of the best uh, one-two running games what, what do you think as far as like um, in the NFL? With with uh, um, Mostert and uh, A-Chain? Yep. I can't yeah. think of a better duo to be honest with you. So they're just 9.7 yards averaging running. Uh, seven sacks by the Dolphins compared to one by the Giants. And, and of course, injuries did happen in this game as well. So a sack takes out Daniel Jones in the fourth quarter. I, I think it's a neck injury. Uh, talking about Devon Achan, he's injured. Uh, he may miss multiple weeks. That one definitely hurts for Miami. And one last thing on the injury bug, because when, when you're when you're a great team like Miami, we talked about this in previous podcasts, the injury bug. You've got left guard Isaiah Wynn. He leaves in the second half with a neck injury. You know they already have problems at center fumbling the ball. So definitely uh, injuries, even though we got the W. Yeah, every team faces injuries. It's up to every individual team to make those adjustments. But uh, Miami got back to being the offensive juggernaut we all know. You know, 524 yards of total offense, 302 through the air, 222 on the ground. Now, Tua had a couple picks, 22 for 30. So he wasn't the surgical Tua that I expect, but he didn't need to be. You know, this team is really fast. Now, a chain, a chain, everything else. I've heard so many different pronunciations for this guy, but a chain is what I'm going with. He reached 21.76 miles per hour, which was the fastest this year, only to be topped by Hill late in the game that went 22 miles per hour. Yeah, they got like three or four guys. Oh, yeah, they got got a few. Dolphins have the seven 
fastest recorded runs this season. Mm-hmm. Um, a chain becomes the first player in the Super Bowl era with seven touchdowns through his first four games. Uh, sadly, like you mentioned, we found out after the game that he's going to be out for a few weeks with an apparent knee injury. But we have depth on this team, so next man up. You know, the this Giants team, look, they're in for a long season. You know, sorry, not sorry, Giants fans, but you guys are done. You know, I've never really cared for teams that claim they are from one place purely for marketing dollars but play somewhere else. And I never understand anybody who roots for the Jets or Giants. They play in Jersey, okay? They play in New Jersey. New Jersey is not New York. You know, for the duration of this podcast, I will no longer refer to these dumpster fire teams as New York. They're not. They're fake, and people who are actually proud New Yorkers hate fakes, but somehow tolerate this deception. Buffalo is the only real New York team, people. I'm aware that's upstate, especially Buffalo. It's like another country compared to the boroughs. But uh, yeah, Jersey's closer to New York City than Buffalo. I don't care. You can't switch your sibling for a cousin just because it's more convenient. You're a bunch of frauds, Jets and Giants fans. Your entire fanhood is a lie. No, no, don't, no. no, nothing to do with the fact that they took away two Super Bowls from you. But okay, no, it, so, it, that had that, listen. The oh. Jets have not been relevant since Joe Namath. The Giants, I, it's not a thing. Some giant, yeah. some giant fans sold their soul for those championships right. against the Pats. So I will now recognize the curse that I just made up: that the Giants and Jets will not win another championship until they stop living a lie and either build a stadium that's actually in New York or change their team name to Jersey Jets. Jersey Giants, you bunch of frauds. Yeah, we're definitely watching two different games because I think that they're going to win one before the Patriots do. You've got to be kidding me. So. Yes, I'm, 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 they're not going to win it. They're, gonna, they're in the same boat. They're all on the same Gilligan's Island. The, the Jersey Jets, Jersey Giants, and the New England Patriots are not winning a championship anytime soon. But we're going to recover from this because for us, we're, we're, we're taking this ship down to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, okay. the, the, the past. right. We're getting Caleb Williams. Oh, don't worry. We'll get, we'll, we're we'll, getting Caleb we'll, Williams. We'll, we'll get to those predictions here in a second. Anyway, uh, you're, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. But um, other things that uh, Miami did just pick up disgruntled Bears wide receiver Claypool, who was a talented wide receiver. So the rich get richer in this case. So I expect Miami to continue to dominate the way they had. They had a little hiccup versus the Bills, but they're back on track. Exactly. So going back to these Florida teams, even though the Bucks did not play, all three Florida teams are in the top 10 power rankings. I think that's a big deal uh, after the first quarter of football being played, Johnny, for us here at the Florida Man Sports Podcast. Let's see if this week we can continue that trend because now all three teams should be playing this week going forward. Um, as far as the games that did happen, I got to say before I go over these games, just a little disclaimer because I know my my counterpart here is going to get all puffing his chest on the record oh, and all that. I do want to jump ahead of it to say, <laughs> folks, if you're listening to the podcast uh, right now, we're, we're, about, we're about eight, ten minutes in. It has been Look at you. It, it has been a weird NFL week. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Let's start with the Bears and Commanders. Nobody predicted this one. 40 to 20 Bears win. Fields and Moore lead the Bears in the first first one of the season. Uh 40 to 20. Johnny, what are your thoughts on that game? Well, a couple things. One, you jinxed our undefeated streak with Thursday night football. And then I went ahead. I jinxed it. Oh, okay. yeah, because you jinxed you said we've been undefeated in Thursday and night. And what did you us. say? And then I jinxed. The opposite. Whatever I say, the opposite happens. Remember I mentioned that? <laughs> okay, the Whatever. Chicago Bulls, I mean, Chicago, Chicago Bears, 
They're Bulls. they're gonna they're gonna they're go ahead. Bulls, yeah. They're 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 not losing any. They're not gonna lose any more. And then what happened? Of course, they they went ahead and, and won. So uh, um, I mean, they're not gonna win a game the rest of the season. They well, went ahead and won. So give, give me give me your analysis and start with apologizing to Justin Fields. Go ahead. Okay, why? Because Justin Fields for <laughs> he had the second straight good game. DJ Moore had a career game. Two hundred and thirty yards receiving, eight reception, three touchdowns. Um, you know, both teams were pretty much even with time of possession. You know, Washington threw for 359 yards compared to Chicago's 273. You know, uh, um, pretty even on third downs. Bear won this. You know, they, they came to play. They rushed for 178 yards compared to Washington's 29. You know, they, they couldn't run the ball at all, Washington. And Chicago actually forced some turnovers, a pick, a fumble. The Bears slowly climbing their way out of the dumpster, but, you know, slow down. They beat the Commanders and the Broncos. Let's see how they handle the real, you know, contender. Well, you mean yeah, they beat the they beat the Commanders. They get the first win of the season there. But yes, to your point, they were competitive the previous game. They're playing competitive football. That's really all you can ask for from Justin Fields. I still think you owe him an apology. Some takeaways for me on this game as well. Sam Howell. I did tell everybody in fantasy I had to make it up for the Mac Jones. Horrible, horrible Patriot player sucks. Uh, so Sam Howell definitely stepped up there. Had a great game, even though they lost. 10 rushes for 29 yards is not going to get it done for Washington. And I understand you're playing from behind, but definitely, uh, definitely a good win for the Bears there. Uh, moving on to the Texans and the Falcons. Of course, the Falcons stay undefeated at home, Johnny. A 19-21 comeback from Koo. Sam Howell was a fluke, just by the way. So oh, oh yeah. That's a fluke okay. there. But um, right, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know many Texans or, or Falcons fans, but, man, what a boring game. You know, there are a couple, wow. a couple of, of touchdowns were scored. You know, one from each quarterback. But this was a, a field goal fest. Six field goals. Koo, who I think has like 50 game-winning field goals for the Falcons, wins this game. Both teams are young, and these fans should, you know, have a lot to cheer about with, the, uh, with Ritter silencing a lot of critics, throwing 329 yards. But uh, this yeah. kid from Houston looks better and better each week. Right. Yeah, he only threw for 249 yards, but no turnovers. Breaks the NFL record for most throws to start a career with no picks. So good job, CJ. Uh, but, uh, you know, I did find this game to be a bit of a snooze fest, even with the game-winning field goal. Uh, worth noting that the Rams traded Jefferson, um, you know, to the Falcons for a seventh-round pick and a sixth-round swap. So Jefferson going to the Falcons. It should be interesting what's going to happen with their offensive game moving forward. Absolutely. Speaking of CJ Stroud, I, I, I think somebody said in some type of podcast like almost two, three weeks ago now about don't sleep on the Texans and CJ Stroud. I can't remember who that was, but they were definitely right about that. Right, Johnny? Yeah. yeah you, you, um, I, I don't remember who said it. Uh, oh, you remember? OK. No. So also, as far as the game going, I'm surprised by, by if, if you talked about the yards uh, passing, I would have thought this game that CJ Stroud would have had more passing yards than Ritter. I'm sure you're surprised about that as Correct. well. Yes. Yeah. And, and as far as the game being boring, you know what hurts? Mercedes-Benz Stadium was missing about 6,000 fans. So if you if we do have Atlanta fans out there, you guys are undefeated at home. Hopefully you can fill up the stadium for the next game. No, that's that's the problem with Atlanta. Um, I don't get it. You know, it's the same issues we have here in Central Florida with the Tampa teams. It's just now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans show up to those games. So I'm not knocking Tampa, but, but in other sports, it's just I don't get where fans just don't show up for games, especially when your teams are competing. When you're winning, yeah. You know, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, speaking of winning, we've got Jared Goff, and Jared Goff we trust. If he's on your fantasy team or if you traded for him, pat yourself on the back. Hopefully you didn't do a dumb move and trade him away or anything like that because, Johnny, the Lions 42-24 to over the Panthers at home. There's a hidden message in that little thing <laughs> that you did there. But, um, no, it's funny how you – like. I've been saying that the Detroit Lions preseason were my divisional picks. 
I've been calling them contenders from the beginning. Chris decided to jump on the bandwagon now and, and oh, agree that, that, that uh, the Detroit Lions are contenders, even though I've been saying it since July. No surprises here. Lions are good. Panthers are bad. You know, Goff went 20 for 28, 236 yards, three touchdowns, zero turnovers. Lions ran for 159 yards. And the defense forced three turnovers. Uh, the Rook Young looked like a Rook, but, you know, slowly getting better. 25 for 41, 247 yards, three touchdowns, a couple picks. Now, this Carolina team looks terrible. And, you know, the Bears, who own Carolina's pick this year, is loving every second of it. But Detroit has a, a tough game coming up against the Bucks. They're coming here down to Tampa. So I'm looking forward to next week here. But this game, easy win for Detroit. Yeah, and to Jared Goff as well. Those three touchdowns, he also had one rushing. Uh, so four touchdown performance for him. Great, great game. To your point on Bryce Young, I'm actually, I've been very critical on this kid for the last few weeks. So very. yeah, to your point, Johnny, I'm very happy to see three touchdowns and two interceptions. I expect interceptions. I just want to see something from this kid. So definitely was great to see that for him as well. Uh, I will say too, Adam Thielen is not the answer at wide receiver for Carolina. Do you Did you see what the owner said a couple of weeks ago about not needing a starting wide receiver? He said something along the lines of like, oh, well, when you have a, a point guard for a quarterback, you don't need an elite wide receiver. Yeah, that is biting him in the butt this, as this, we speak. This is what happens when an owner... And they get mixed into the day to day. Like, just shut your mouth. You're yeah. the owner. You make your billions of dollars. You don't right. know what you're talking about. Now, nobody really expects Adam Thielen to be the the the, Not the, his the age. face. He's right. just a veteran. I mean, really underrated a wide receiver. You know, don't sleep on Thielen. He did great things for Minnesota. Sure. You know, but he's coming in here. He's helping the rook, and he's doing what he needs to do. But no, I mean, this this is one year deals he's doing. I very much doubt he'll be on this team next year. And the owner's going to say whatever he needs to say because he doesn't want to pay anybody. They, they don't have a draft pick. They can't draft a wide receiver this upcoming year. I mean, not in the first round anyway. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, don't pay attention with this moron. And, and added press, uh, pressure to Bryce Young, uh, to your point there. Uh, moving on to the next game, you got the Titans and the Colts. The Colts are at home. They win 23-16. to We, Of course, the good and the bad, Anthony Richardson gets injured. And, of course, Jonathan Taylor does return. Uh, listen, Taylor's back. He got his money, you know, something I never thought I'd see. <laughs> and his backup really outshined him. I mean, Moss rushed for 165 yards, a couple touchdowns. So, you know, Taylor didn't need to do much. He didn't do much in any way. But Richardson, like you said, did go out with a, a shoulder injury. But the redneck messiah, Menchu, came in and beat the old Tennessee Titans. It's like I said, these old teams, they do not travel well. I knew they couldn't replicate back-to-back solid performances, especially as a visiting team. You know, Colts get this needed home victory, uh, and they keep the AFC South division tight. Yeah, there's two points there on both sides for me too, Johnny. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you were very critical on him. He, you know, 140 yards receiving, eight receptions. So he did have a great game. I always want to shout him out, you know, going to the Titans there. And then on the other side of the ball, do you regret, I mean, Zach Moss is, is, is kind of, at least for one game, he's making them regret giving Taylor all that money. I mean, is he is he on a snap count going forward? What, what's that going to look no, like? No, it's like you mentioned, the Miami, before a chain's injury, had the best one-two punch in the game. And we see what that did. Now the Colts have Moss and Taylor. Oh, that's going to be dangerous. This is his first game back off of IR. He hasn't, and he all of preseason, all, he was injured in the last year. He hasn't been on a football field 
in hundreds of days. So it's going to take a little while, but Jonathan Taylor is going to be just fine. And you have that Jonathan Taylor and Moss mix. It's going to be dangerous. Yeah, we'll get Richardson back and healthy. Now, we do got to take a moment, Johnny. I need you to catch your breath on this one because say it isn't so. After your emotional rant last <laughs> week that left Patriot Nation shook, your New England Patriots responded by going 0-3 at home. Sorry, they're 0-3 at home, yeah. zero points, 34 to nothing. It's almost like they don't want Belichick to get that 300th win. <laughs> no, listen, if you heard my dissertation last week, then you know where I stand with my <laughs> beloved Patriots. Now, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast and taking my advice to tank the season for Caleb Williams, Patriots. Thank you, but uh, you're doing too good of a job. Uh, you, you followed last week's embarrassing... <laughs> three-point three performance and follow it up with a straight-up shutout at home. Your second-worst shutout in team history behind a 52 to nothing loss to the undefeated Dolphins back in 1972. They followed up a 38-3 loss with a 34 to nothing loss, Chris. The Patriots have scored Horrible. 55 points total all season. Horrible. All season, they scored 55 points. There are kickers on teams that have outscored the New England Patriots by themselves this year. By themselves. Everyone's, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, hating on Zach Wilson. Mac Jones is Zach Wilson. They have almost identical numbers. 62 to 61% completion percentage. Both six yards per pass, 73 and 74 in passer rating. They're the same damn guy. Zach Wilson's training up, though. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I'll take Zach Wilson at this point. Stop trying to salvage the season. It's over. Now, there's a lot of talk about firing Belichick, and that's just ridiculous. Listen, he has earned the right to leave when he wants. A right he didn't give Brady. But one thing is very clear. Belichick cannot be the GM another year. He has drafted two pro bowlers since 2013. And if you look at this team, you can tell. You know, Brady covered up a lot of deficiencies that Mac Jones just can't. It doesn't help that Belichick kicked Brady out. He chose this path. And terrible hire, excuse me, regarding the coordinators didn't help anything. You know, Bill, you stay as long as you like. You are the greatest football coach in history, but your GM days are over. So continue to tank this year so we can come back to winning as quickly as possible in about two to three years. So I know that I don't, I, we have to watch the game to see how we got to 34 to nothing, but I'm not a big fan of Derek Carr on the other side of the ball. And 180 yards is not impressive. Seven yards average is not impressive, but you still got two touchdowns. So you just, I don't know, I guess you're a, um, a manager, right? As far as quarterback to win 34 to nothing. Some takeaways for me, this is the second benching for Mac Jones. So is Mac Jones done? Is he still the starter? That's going to be a question there. And, you know, 34 unanswered points. You're one in four. I, I get what you're saying that the history is there with Belichick, that he deserves to go out the way he needs to go out. But let's be honest. Anybody else right now, you'd be in the hot seat to be fired, or at least the the QB being benched, or an offensive coordinator being fired. Something had to happen. Something needs to happen. So it's going to be interesting before they take on. You know, next week is what Vegas, right? The yep. the protege. Yep. So something's going to have to give, Johnny. They, they can't just continue going like this. I mean, I, I agree, but Bill Belichick isn't like any other head coach. Any other coach doesn't have six Super Bowl rings. Oh so fanboy over here. So no, well, I'm not just you. You you. He he deserves the the right to leave when he wants a, a, a right. He didn't give to Brady. Brady didn't want to go anywhere. I, I hear some Pats fans hating on Brady and I'm like, Brady didn't want to leave, but Belichick actually wanted to get rid of Brady for Garoppolo. And, but the owner stepped in and made sure Brady stood there. And then the second time when Belichick wanted to move on from him, 
The owner said fine. He stayed out of it because he's a, he's the best owner in sports and he stayed out of coaching decisions even when they're bad. So he lets the coach do their thing. This is his own doing Belichick. That's why he can't be a GM. He's just not picking the right players. You look at this team. Their wide receivers get no separation. So it's not like Mac Jones is the greatest, but he's not getting any help. The, the, the offensive line is a joke. Running game, a joke. You know, they're, they're, they're secondary, a joke. There's nothing elite about this team. Well, we're going to see where you line up when we do the predictions for next week. Here's to see where that goes. Uh, as far as games go, Pickett to Pickens was back. These are one of those things where last week, for example, I picked the Steelers losing because at that point, Pickett was hurt. Just want to throw oh that out there. Oh, my God. So many excuses. But, but nevertheless, Pickett suits up. And as I called it, the Pickett to Pickens connection is there. They win 17 to 10, a very good win against a good Ravens team, Johnny, winning at home. What are your thoughts on that one? Okay. First of all, your nonsense comment there. The, the the injury report was already out by the time we made our picks. It was we nope. were aware that it nope. was a bone bruise. Nope. That we, we didn't know how long it was going to take, but Kelsey had the same bone bruise, was out one week. This guy, I, I'm, I dog on the little hand picket, but I give him props because he, you know, manned he, up. he manned up and he yeah. showed up with that bone bruise and he had a good game. But uh, there was no reason the Ravens should have lost this game. But, you know, Tomlinson just keeps being Tomlinson and finds a way to win mm-hmm. this type of games. You know, these, these type of games that you should lose, but you win. Um, I don't think I've ever seen so many drop passes by a Baltimore receiver. And it doesn't help that Lamar continues to turn the ball over with a pick and yet, an- yet another fumble. He leads the league in fumbles and lost fumbles, by the way. Through five games, he has four touchdown passes, two interceptions. That's an average single game for guys like 2-1 Allen. Uh, Jackson has turned the ball over 11 times in the fourth quarter or overtime of one-score games, which leads the NFL. This is dating back the last two years. Uh, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with this QB, you know, Baltimore. He, he's he's not him. You'll make the playoffs most years, but I've seen enough of Lamar to know that this isn't the guy. Chris finally learned from me to give up on Najee Harris since he looks like he's constantly in slow motion. His backup had more yards and less carries, so it's just a matter of time before he gets the boot. Steelers are not a very good team, but they find a way to win because of a little luck and great coaching. So definitely Pittsburgh does need this bye week to get healthy. I definitely think that uh, they're going to come back stronger and even better. So it's nice to go into the bye week with a win. You're uh, three and two. The uh, it, I want to just thank the fool. This is kind of talking a little bit about my fantasy, but I want to thank the fool that gave me Pickett and Pickens via trade. Uh, he knows who he is, so that was definitely great to see. You got you know you got George what Pickens uh, 130 yards. Uh, six receptions and a touchdown, so just a great game by him. It was nice to see Odell back from injury. I know it's going to, you know, to get more reps in going forward. And uh, to your point, Johnny, you're absolutely right. The Ravens will basically live and die by Lamar Jackson. Point uh, blank. Who, That's what it is. Who likes Odell? So, no, who likes Odell? Odell is, is well, well, overrated. Well, you, I wasn't like, you need, you need no, all the help you can get, though. I don't care. You, you need all Odell's the help you can so get. overrated. He didn't even have that good of a game. He's not going to have a good game. He, he he got this contract. Good for him. But he, yeah, didn't deserve, he didn't deserve the money that he got. But he's not as good. There's so many. He's He's not a top 20 receiver. He's so off the radar, but Odell, people think he's the Giants Odell. He, Odell's done and been done. Well, he got it paid, and now he's getting healthy. Uh, as far as games go, we do have the Eagles and the Rams. The Eagles continue to stay undefeated, 23-14 to against the Los Angeles Rams, Johnny. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game with Cooper Cup returning? Uh, it, it, exactly what I said would happen actually happened. 
The Rams would hang around. Chris is going to get all happy since he gives off participation trophies. Like You tried really hard awards out there, but at the end of the day, <laughs> the better team prevails. You know, Chris seems to think that because you know they win every close game, this Eagles team, that it's a negative. But all it does is instill good habits and, for, and you know forms things that will pay off in, on the playoffs. All my divisional picks look strong. And the Eagles are no exceptions. I mean, of course, the, the Rams are a fluke team. They're no, real consistent. They have a decent offense, but against this Philadelphia defense, get out of here. So ultimately, what's going to happen, because you talk out of both sides of your mouth, mm-hmm. when Philly does lose, oh, then it's going to be the narrative of, oh, well, you know, they barely won all these games, and this is what's happening now. No, That's, that's, that's going to happen. That's okay. That's well, all right. We'll, we'll watch the games as they go. Okay, go but ahead. Like I said, it's great to see Cup and Nakua together. I wanted to see how that would work together. I feel like Puka just... He kept going. He didn't miss out any steps there. And uh, it's just another week. And, like, I will say it again, Johnny, another close win by Philly, like, okay. uh, ultimately. So, we'll what, see how Why it's... is that a negative? Why is that a negative? You sit here and be like, this team, this team isn't really, you know, clicking on all cylinders. And they're still winning. As some... close games. These close games are going to pay off in the long run. They can. But as, as someone who's watched a lot of football, you, you have to win some. Some of you got to squeeze them out. I get it. But there's sometimes you want to see, hey, this team can win. And they can win by a lot. L- look at the 49ers. That's a perfect example of what team would you rather... Okay, if they were to play right now head-to-head, the Eagles and the Niners, who do you have? I, I like the Eagles. Oh, I, my I, God. I think, I, listen, then, I'm, well okay. aware, I'm well aware the Niners have been just destroying. Okay. Okay. But you don't... This offensive and defensive line, the holes in the Eagles is their secondary. And I get it. And the, the Niners, they spend all, all the money to assemble this team. So next year, I've talked about this in previous podcasts. Good luck, you know, the upcoming years because the, the, the bill's going to come due. But this Eagles team is it's tough. You know, they're, 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 they grind things out. And this is a team that can beat San Francisco. I'm not saying it's going to be a loss. I'm saying it's going to be easy. But winning games like this, and they won by nine points, not by one or two points, Chris, against the Rams here. So it was, it was a two-possession, you know. Uh, no, of course, but they had to score six in the fourth. You so, know? so yeah. at the end of the day, exactly. You get all happy when a team competes and keeps it close for two or three quarters. You have to play the full four quarters, folks. And every Listen. team that plays against Philadelphia can't hang. They, they they hang for two or three quarters, and that's it. Listen, Johnny, don't tell me that. Tell that to the Patriots. Uh, the real Joe Burrow stands up. <laughs> Bengals finally come back. They win 34-20 against a decent Cardinals team. Yeah. Uh, Bengals get their first win on the road, Johnny. And the Bengals finally listened to me and ran a West Coast <laughs> <Listen> offense. <to you. laughs> they finally did. The whole time, like, dude, you have to make up for Burrow's injury. you know, And, and they really reminded the Cardinals of who they really are. The Bengals dominated time of possession, 38 minutes to 21. And it seemed that, uh, you know, Burrow only threw to Chase. Chase had 192 of Burrow's 317 uh, passing yards. Overall, solid performance by the Bengals. Now we look to see if they can win with some consistency. Yeah, absolutely. And then for Joshua Dobbs, I mean, he had a good run, but the lowest yards since game one and two interceptions, that's the first for Dobbs as well. So, you know, again, I think he's just managing this season. It looks like uh, the Cardinals are playing for a future quarterback in the draft anyway. Uh, And then to your point, you did mention last week about cutting ties with Joe Burrow. I'm glad he didn't listen to you. He had a great game. Jamar Chase, fantasy owners, paid his due. He's got a lot more in the tank, so just keep an eye on him. And uh, moving forward, I'm, I'm excited for the for the Bengals. They're going to be, they were, what, 0-2 in their division. So if they can make this playoff run, they're going to be breaking some records. Uh, I, I like how you're trying to put a dig on me with Cincinnati. Oh, you always. chose every time, every you chose team, Arizona dig. in this game. I, I have a dig you on cho- you. Every- you, cho- <laughs> you chose Arizona in this game. I chose Cincinnati. 
Even though I said Burrow's struggling, I specifically said if the team doesn't make an adjustment to a West Coast-style offense where the small dump pass moving around, then you, ha- you have to sit Burrow. But they listened to, to me. Oh, they they, they yeah. listened to the yeah. to the Florida Man Sports Podcast. And they said, Johnny makes a lot of sense. Well, Let's make it. Fantasy, the entire game plan was based around what I said. If fantasy owners listen to you and they bench Burrow, they're going to be egging your house tonight. No, so. I said bench them if they don't uh, switch to their offensive game plan. And they absolutely <laughs> did. You're welcome. The J-E-T-S Jets make the Broncos 0-3 at home, Johnny. They win 30. They put up 30 points, 31-21 to against the Broncos at home. Yeah, the New Jersey Jets took on the Denver Broncos, the Battle of the Wilsons. Now, it went to Russell Wilson, who had a decent game with almost 200 yards passing, a couple touchdowns, no picks, but a costly sack fumble at the end of the game, as well as two additional fumbles by Bronco players early in the game cost them a win. The Jets defense won this game along with a solid running performance by Hall, who rushed for 177 yards. Dalvin Cook has been a no-show for this mm-hmm. team, and with Hall run the way he is, I, I don't be, I won't be surprised if they just release Cook. You know, the New Jersey Jets, they win another one. Well, that and, and to your point there, Johnny, I had two of that, or maybe trade him. I mean, because. I mean, Brees, they, Hall, Brees Hall is doing it. I'm sure you can get something for him, right? Can you? I mean, the, if you have him on your team, what you need is like anything else. What do we do in fantasy, Chris? In fantasy football, when we have a player like this, we cross our fingers and hope they have like a great game. So we they hope they to, yeah. to dump them. Yeah. <laughs> what exactly. the heck? What has Cooks? Cooks hasn't done uh, anything. Cook hasn't had. To, a, he, I don't think he's rushed for 20 yards in to, a game. To his credit, I know the Aaron Rodgers thing probably bums him out. So I totally get that. What happened in Week One. And uh, but yeah, it was good definitely to see Brees Hall. Uh, he's definitely the go-to there. This game was a very sloppy game too. Four fumbles and four sacks by each team. So definitely need better play. And you know, I do have something to get on you for every single game, Johnny. But I will give you this: you you picked up Jale- uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. Is that how you pronounce it? McLaughlin. Uh, uh, Mick uh, McLaughlin. Yeah, you 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 picked him up, right? Yep. Well, he's paying good dividends for you, so he's doing well. So it was definitely a good game to watch there. Uh, Chiefs and Vikings. Chiefs, of course, pull out the win, twenty-seven twenty. I have I. I'm just going to, because I'm going to get all upset. Uh, 27-20, Johnny, what are your thoughts on that game? Now, I can go over the stat line. Yeah. But all you need to know is that Minnesota was robbed. Yes. Okay. Time and possession, rushing, passing yards are almost even across the board. Kansas City won because Minnesota wasn't allowed to win. It's simple. This isn't a a Vikings fan speaking. Um, Anyone who watched this game or anyone, um, any of the really Kansas City games knows what's going on here. Brady's gone. Kansas City and Mahomes are the face of the league. So, you know, if you're playing them, you're going to need to win by 21 to be able to win by three. And if you know if you know what I'm talking about. To add insult to injury, Jeffries is on the IR with a bad hamstring. He's going to be out at least four weeks for Minnesota. So, it's it a tough game. But, man, that, that was... You you saw the game. I mean, what are your thoughts on what happened at the end? Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to talk about stats or this or that. I just I can't stand watching a game that gets controlled by the refs. I can't stand that. I'm tired of that. You know, it's bad enough that there are so many teams that don't even get to touch the playoffs, let alone have good records. When you're a team like the Vikings that I've, that I've been talking about, the Vikings, that, hey, listen, guys, your time is coming. You're going to be able to win some games. For you to lose a game that was decided by the refs, that's that's horrible. I just it bothers what, me. What, what bothers me is because we saw the first couple weeks of the season with Kansas City to where their offensive lineman was every single snap is offside. He's in a neutral zone, so it's kind of like okay, they didn't yeah. call it. They didn't call it. It's, the, the commenters are uh, that are looking at saying this they, guy's they, they lined have to, up. They have to be honest. They're like okay, yeah, they're, like, it's, it's enough is enough. It's so obvious, and it was. I'm talking about we're talking dozens and dozens of plays right. where it goes uncalled, and then and then that, the following weeks, Johnny, the holding calls. Then the, then the holding calls, right. and what happened with the Jets? 
The Jets were, you got to be kidding me. They were like, oh, you're not, hold on, you're getting too close. You're not allowed to win this game. Yeah. And then in this game, towards the end, you get a, finally, a flag. It's, it's fourth and goal. It's the end of the game. Throws in the end zone and a flag for a pass interference. Finally gone for Minnesota. They're going to go ahead and get the ball on the one-yard line and possibly win or tie this game or do something with this. And they pick up the flag and say, nope, never no mind. Call. It was no call. In in that particular situation, the, the the Chiefs player took off his helmet. I've seen it done so many times. This in in the play, you take off your helmet. It's 15 yards, unsportsmanlike, automatic. And all the ref did was say, hey, put your helmet on. Like there's been so many players that didn't get the opportunity. Hey, the ref says, hey, put your helmet back on. No, it's an automatic flag. And for whatever reason, they just say, hey, buddy, uh, we need you to win this game. Put your helmet back on. Yeah, it's horrible. And so the question really is, how many calls will the Chiefs get before people get tired of watching them play? Because look, I want if you're going to win, you're going to win. But win the right way. I'm, I'm tired of seeing that. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, moving on to the Cowboys and the 49ers, where the 49ers did what they had to do at home, 42 to 10. Great, great W there against the Cowboys, Johnny. Dallas finally faces real competition and they, they showed who they really are look I, i've been saying this all year the problem isn't the coach isn't the coordinator not the running game the lineman or the defense the problem is the qb mm. this is year eight of dak prescott and can you remember a time where dak was dominant uh, has he had decent games against weak teams yeah you your best is needed when the stakes are at their highest and Dak went 14 for 24, 153 yards, a touchdown, three picks. Three picks, yeah. yeah. This is the reason you will not win a Super Bowl, Dallas. Do not re-sign this guy. Do what Seattle did and cut ties with this fool and pick up some draft picks. Jerry Jones knows this, but he's going to keep talking high about Dak to keep the value up. Unless Dak wins you the Super Bowl this year, which we just saw is pretty damn close to impossible, you cut this guy loose. You take your chances with Cousins next year, who's a free agent, or maybe Matthew Stafford. I don't care. Purdy, Purdy doesn't even have a full season under his belt. And look at what he just did to this guy. Four touchdowns, no picks. He outbundied the Cowboys with all the pressure in the world on him. Pressure makes diamonds, burst pipes. And I think we all know who's the diamond and who's the pipe in this scenario. Yeah, there, there's a lot of love that I just want to give to Brock Purdy, man. Like, he's still undefeated. He's yep. he's, he's he's beyond a game manager. A lot of people want to call him a game manager. Yeah. This this kid, man, he, he's he's the real deal. This kid's nice. Well, wh- when is he going to lose? Like, honestly, like when is when are they going to get the first loss? But going back to Dak Prescott, uh, you know, maybe this is why they got Trey Lance. Maybe somebody in, the, in management is smarter than all of us, and that's maybe why they're doing this. I don't know. Because to your point, Johnny, I really don't see him as the answer anymore. Three interceptions and the time when you're supposed to show why you are who you are and the in the league where you have the Brady's of the world, the Peyton Manning's of the world who elevate a team to win. You can't go one touchdown, three interceptions. You can't lose when it counts the most. I don't even care if next week they win because it's like, hey, the games to, to your point, when we get to the playoffs, if you make to the playoffs, we kind of see what's going to happen. Yeah. That's horrible. So um, as far as um, going forward to uh, Brandon Cooks. If you have Brandon Cooks, get rid of Brandon Cooks. I'm just throwing that out there, Johnny. It shows you just how bad Dak Prescott is. Cook Cooks has played for 57 <laughs> quarterbacks, and every single one of them has he's produced a thousand yards. He's doing it. He he produces for every single quarterback he plays with. And here we are. Dak Prescott gets his shot, and Dak Prescott goes. Dak Prescott. 
I'm sure if Cooks is on San Francisco, he would already have a thousand yards for the season. But under the Dallas Cowboys, which is a high-flying offense, it's supposed to be, they can. It's not. It's it's fool's gold here. They're a good defense, and their offense really isn't that good. You know, they they beat teams that were bad, and they beat them really with their defense. So, like I said, think back. Try to think. Everybody, even right now, Purdy played the Dallas Cowboys four touchdowns, no right. picks. Good game. He's had so many good games. When the heck have you, can you remember Dak Prescott with a good with a four touchdown zero pick game? There's not too many, and when he does have those games, typically it's, it's always passing weak. and running. And yeah, it's, and, it, and it's always against weak opponents. He yeah. doesn't do that against the elite teams. Yeah. Every time he faces an elite team, he chokes, man. Always. This is year eight of Dak. I'm tired of the excuses. He's not the guy. Yeah, especially losing one when it counts the most. Absolutely. Uh, talking about uh, winning when it counts. You've got the Raiders, who who I, I didn't expect this one. The Packers throw another egg. They lose 13-17. to 17. I know you were hard on Coach McDaniels. Maybe he listened, right? And uh, they got the W there uh, in Vegas. Listen, the, the Raiders are playing terrible, you know, led by the number two worst coach in the league. You know, the, the Packers, they threw three picks and still almost won this game. Uh, Raiders, uh, yeah, I would say, listen, they won this through their home field advantage, I guess. Because that's the only explanation. Jordan Love looked uneasy and scared all day. Made terrible decisions. Packers had no business losing this game. But they still found a way. Yeah, you got three interceptions for Jordan Love. And and that's back-to-back losses for him. I expected a bounce-back game from this kid. So very disappointed in that. Devontae Adams. I've been saying this. And and I think I'm going to pat myself on the back. I've been saying that this kid would be disgruntled. Here we are. Another ESPN commentary where he's disgruntled. He's not getting enough touches. I said this would happen, Johnny. And here we are. Uh, Is it time to ring the alarm for Green Bay? What what Raider isn't disgruntled? (laughs) I mean, no, but... Of course disgruntled. You're playing for the Raiders. You're playing for Josh McDaniel. You see what they do. This could be a good team. I would have liked to see what this Raiders team could have been if John Gruden stayed. But, you know, the the NFL, they threw him out through those emails and everything that was going on there. So I get they did what they had to do. But John Gruden is a much better coach than Josh McDaniels. And, and, and I think the Garoppolo thing, though, bringing him on this year and letting Carr go, I think that was more of McDaniels trying to save his job, thinking that he can – turn Garoppolo around because I know he was high on him with the Patriots, right? Yeah. And then here we are. So. Oh, he's, a, he's a damn fool. I mean, uh, Josh McDaniels, much like Belichick, are the guys who wanted Garoppolo to stay in Patriots and are going to get rid of Brady. And when you have that mindset, when you have people who say, you know what, this guy, this the GOAT is done, and we're gonna, this kid's going to go ahead and bring And then what, what did Brady do? Brady got you some more Super Bowls after that. And then he continued afterwards. He left and won another Super Bowl with the Bucks. So multiple Super Bowls were, were won by a quarterback you said was done. And what happened with Garoppolo? Garoppolo is the prettiest man in football, but hasn't done anything really of, 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 of relevance in, in, uh, in this game. He made it to the Super Bowl and he choked. He had opportunity to win it for his team, overthrew his receiver. Garoppolo, just you know, he, he's good for pictures for the NFL, but in the game, no. Yeah, and I don't like being right, but again, I said this a few weeks back with Garoppolo. I didn't think he was a much better move from Carr, and uh, it was more of a lateral move than anything else, and here we are. Now Devontae yeah. Adams is looking for a trade. So. But what, what are your options? The thing is that I, I understand they needed to make a change. It's like anything else. Dallas Cowboys are refused to let go of Dak for whatever reason. So this team, they saw what they had in Carr. They couldn't do anything with him. You can't just keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again and expecting different results. So they went ahead. Okay, let's try this. Yes, it was more of a lateral move. I didn't think 
Garoppolo was the answer either, but it was something different than what they knew. The, the unknown is better than the known in this case, and so they went with it, but it, it, it turned out that it wasn't better. It's the exact same damn thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, listen, last week was not my best showing. You know, I went 8-6 and six last week, but all my losses were close. You know, I'm still, listen, I'm still two over 500. I'm still making the playoffs. I still can go ahead and win the Super Bowl. I had a better record than the Bucks last year. Still, while it was wow. my worst week, wow, I always leave you with a winning record. So you should still have money in the bank. Chris had an epic meltdown of a week that, I mean, what, how'd you go? How'd you do last week, Chris? Uh, I think I went 11 and 3. You went 3 and 11. No, so I went 11 I, and 3. I, I like <laughs> 3 and 11. Can I, can Chris, I say something about yeah, that? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Any words of wisdom for your fans, Chris? Yes, I do. Folks. It doesn't matter you what know, you have to I say, Chris, regarding your abysmal record. Because you went 3 and 11. It do doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure I can get a chicken to pick better games than you. Just sit there and get comfortable with my football dominance. It's time to go over the upcoming week so I can relay more of my brilliance. Continue, Chris. Oh, my God. Listen, guys. I went 3-11, but for whatever losses you had, you know that this week was... And you can comment on Twitter and all that. This week was just a weird week of football. Mm-hmm. When the Bills beat the Jaguars and all that, right? Even you know, It just oh. was a weird who, week. Who picked, and who for picked everything, the, and for the, everything, the Jags? And listen, folks. For everything that I let you down on in picks this week, I'm going to make up this week like I did with Sam Howell. And you know that I rewarded you in fantasy, which we're going to get to. So it's okay. Every dog has their day, Johnny. Good job. <laughs> listen, dude. You went three and eleven. Don't sit here and tell me that yeah. it was a weird week. That's it was. why it was a whole, in a normal in a normal week where I go thirteen and three, twelve and four, I went eight and six. This all started because okay. this all started because we were undefeated in Thursday night football, and you are the jinx. You had to jinx us, and this is no, what happened. That was you, my friend. It's actually, hey, your fault when you think about it. Three eleven, three and eleven. <laughs> go ahead and, uh, and and talk about this upcoming week. Well, who we got? Who we got on your picks? Make do yourself a favor, guys. Okay. Listen to the brilliance that is Johnny. Just okay. ignore everything Chris has to say. And remember that I'm going to be making up my picks from last week. Go ahead. Well, who's up first? Who's up first? It's the... Denver and Kansas City. Thank you. There you go. So thank you got the Broncos and the Chiefs. Look, guys, I expect Pacheco to have a big game. So if you have Pacheco on your team, you're good to go there. Uh, for the Broncos, you have Russell Wilson for Thursday night football. He's 9-3 and three in Thursday night football. So you know what that means, folks. The Chiefs are going to continue to steamroll the AFC West. It may be a closer game and whatnot, but the Chiefs are taking this one at home. Yeah, I agree. Kansas City, I mean, come on, man. Kansas City wins this game, but Denver is going to put up a fight. They are divisional rivals, but Kansas City got them extra players and strikes, so (laughs) they're not going to lose this one. Kansas City wins. Baltimore and Tennessee. The Ravens have played the stronger schedule. They're three and two. The Titans are two and three. The Titans have allowed 358 yards in total offense. Give me Lamar Jackson to run all over this one and get the W for the Ravens. See, this is where he messed up. This game is in London. Mm-hmm. So it's in London. What happens? They're both they're both gonna be jet lagged. What, what happens? They're yeah, both yeah, yeah. yeah you forget one thing though. Okay. Okay. King Henry puts on a show in front of his subjects. Oh my god. The Titans win. Okay. Titans win. Okay. Wrong, son. Washington, okay. Atlanta. That was that was that was horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Washington, Atlanta. Yeah, the uh 
uh, you got the, what the game of the two and three and three and two teams. Uh, so two and three teams going Mercedes Benz Stadium here. I give me the Falcons to lose this one. They're three and zero at home. I know, I know, I know, I know. They're they're playing great at home. Why would I do that? But here's here's the bottom line. I look at the strength of schedule when I make these predictions. And as long as we're not having a crazy week like we did last week, I expect the Commanders to come back and give the Falcons their first loss at home as punishment for not filling up those stands like you should, Falcon fans. Um, no, it's an evenly matched game here, but I like Atlanta at home. You keep picking against the Falcons at home, and it's always bit you in the butt. I'm not doing it this time here. They got to lose one. And, uh, yeah, it's not going to be this one. Oh. Atlanta wins. Okay. Yeah. Minnesota, Chicago. Uh, this is the point of no return for these two teams. So this game, it's it's literally, this is the point of no return. The Bears have played well on back-to-back games, winning the last game, of course, over the Commanders that like we were talking about. So they're technically, they're trending up. Whereas the Vikings, they, they have the next man up mentality with KG Osborne after Justin Jefferson gets hurt. Uh, the Vikings have lost every game by seven points or less. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's a, that's a crazy little stat there. Uh, but give me the Bears to continue the run that they're on at home and give the fan base their first win of the season at home. You know, Chicago has been on a run and they're playing at home. Jeffries is on the IR, like you mentioned, like you mentioned the Jefferson, excuse me. Uh, which Bears team is going to show up? I mean, I say the winning team does. Mm-hmm. Bears win this game. Yeah, and, and I know we're going to jump to the other game here too, but the you know th- this game really for the Vikings, I just hurt for them, right? Going back to what the Kansas City game, they could have been you know two and three and and trending upwards, but it's almost like if they don't win this game with Cousins, I feel, and they lose to the Bears, I'm predicting the Bears are going to win. I feel like at this point is when Cousins gets traded or or, or they start the shifting because you know, one and five and you're kind of done. I, I've been hearing this. I don't think it's going to happen. When have you heard? I can't remember the last time a starting quarterback gets traded midseason. It doesn't really happen. It doesn't mean that they don't have the skill set, but no. it's a it's a whole new offense. Different. They're not going to go and do it. They can do it. Like for instance, the Jets with Rodgers giving back all that cap um, space to, to them, giving back some money. They can make a move like that. Sure. But listen, if they're you know by the trade deadline five hundred, maybe they'll entertain that. Rodgers ain't going to be happy about it because he expects to somehow magically repair his Achilles by the time the playoffs come around, which is complete nonsense. Yeah, but, but I mean, even he can agree, though. He Maybe he makes it back, maybe he doesn't. But even if he does make it, you have to be in the playoffs, right? So you got to win games. I mean, the, the, yeah. I, I don't see them trading them. I think they're going to ride it out regardless. What minute with the, But what team's going to pick them up? We've talked about the Jets. Listen, for me, I think next year the Cowboys should make a move. Give Cousins a one- or two-year deal and get rid of Dak and be done with it. But that's just me. Seattle and Cincinnati. Yeah, you've got a high offensive game of the week. Both teams allow over 365 yards of total offense. Uh, Seahawks coming off back-to-back games against teams that have one win. So the Seahawks team that you're high on, Johnny, hey, they're three. Uh, they're three and one and whatnot. Those two games, one win between both teams. Give me Joe Burrow to hit Jamar Chase often in this one. The W goes to the Bengals at home. See, I disagree there mainly because Seattle's coming off their bye week. You know, Cincinnati hasn't shown they can put two consecutive weeks of good football together. So I like what the Cincinnati's been doing, but you have a rested Seattle team. You have a team in Cincinnati that they've looked good before. They've had a good week, and the next week they laid an egg. Now they went ahead in another good week, and I expect them to lay another egg. Seattle wins this one. If you look at the stats too, though, man, like even Joe Burrow, even with his bad games and everything, has better stats uh, than your boy in the Seahawks. So, I mean, just, but just saying. I, I mean, you're, you're talking about better stats. The, the, what I'm focused on is wins and losses. So, 
uh, uh, Gino, well, you're looking at, okay, through for 120 yards or something like that. They got the win because they didn't need the defense was dominant and they're running the ball well. So with Cincinnati, they need Burrow to go off for them to win. He needs to have a great, not a decent game. He needs to have a great game. And with Burrow, it's feast or famine. You're getting the great Joe Burrow performance where you showing it. You only got two games right. or you're getting complete duds. I mean, duds, duds. So I'll take those chances. Give me Seattle on the bye week. San Francisco, Cleveland. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Florida Man Sports Podcast coming at you live with what I call the trap game. Spoil alert. You weren't expecting this one, Johnny. I know you weren't expecting it. I was, actually. We've got wet, rainy conditions at Cleveland Brown Stadium. The 49ers is still one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the league. But Brock Purdy has to lose one. Right? He has to. It's going to happen. So give me the Browns with Watson to pull the game of the week upset in this one. See, what's what's interesting is that what you don't get is that when I kind of was thinking about this game and I kind of wrote who I'm picking this, I had the Cleveland Browns. Oh, shut your... I had the the Cleveland Browns to win this game. They were sitting there, I'm like, you know, they have to. The defense is a good... Cleveland Browns have a good defense. They do. They're coming off of a bye week. I saw the weather. I saw what happens. Like, you know what? They can do this. But I'm not trusting Watson. I am not trusting Watson to win a game against... The San Francisco 49ers. Have you seen this team? San Francisco 49ers. My God, they look good. And you're going to tell me that Rubdown Watson is going to go ahead and somehow win this game? That's that's not happening. San Francisco gets the win. They're going to lose eventually. It's just not going to be to Cleveland. Okay. Carolina, Miami. Yeah, this is definitely a great game for Bryce Young. To watch and learn from the best in the game, a QB around his height, his frame, that he can try to emulate and learn from. Uh, We have great weather for this one, so I'll be curious to watch uh, the Miami Dolphins running game to see what's going to happen there with the injuries, right? So, but... All that said, give me the Dolphins. They're going to stay undefeated at home. They they love playing at Hard Rock Stadium. I mean, they really do. So, Dolphins all the way. Well, I, I mentioned it, you know, last season, um, I mean, preseason regarding that the Dolphins, I think, lost two games at home all year last year. So they always play very well at home, and they have a better team this year than the last. But, it's listen, it's an easy win against a rookie. No further analysis needed. Miami wins. Jaguars and Colts. Yeah, the Jaguars have so much to play for in this one. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Uh, This could be the game that turns the season around. It's going to be very important, not just for the division, but just overall for the Jaguars. You you don't want to lay an egg, right? You you beat the Bills. Let's go back. Let's win this one again. Uh, Give me the Jaguars to get the W. Playing, of course, great weather in this one. This is a non-negotiable, Johnny. They got to win this game. Well, it's a division game, and the Colts are playing well. And, man, if Jonathan Taylor gets back in the mix, and you got Richardson, uh, Taylor, Moss, that's those three. It's a running quarterback, two running. That's tough. And, and a little trap, too, because Minshew's going to be playing. You know, he's probably going to have some payback as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, like, have they already announced that Richardson's out this yeah, game? Yeah, he's out. Yeah. Okay, so Minshew's back in this thing. So, Minshew is a better quarterback than Richardson right now. So, it is dangerous. Listen, the Jags are at home, and they show they can handle tough teams. Colts are good. But, you know, they're, they're, they're not that good. Slow down. Expect the Jags to jump out ahead to slow down the rushing attack of this Colts team. So it's going to be a close game because this Colts team isn't bad. But um, Jags win this game. Let's go. Saints and Texans. Yeah, yeah. The Saints take on the Patriots. Oh, just kidding. That was last week. My bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Saints are riding high from, from the shutout that they did with the Patriots. 
Texans swallowing the two-point loss to the Falcons. The Texans have played a much harder schedule. You've got to look at the schedule. Uh, there's some questions as far as health with Tank Dell. Is he going to be back in time from concussion protocol? C.J. Stroud goes off on this one, 300-plus yards. Give me the Texans to get the W and stay in the AFC South race, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. You, you are so predictable. You know what? I, I even wrote down here, every single week I do the same thing, where i like, Chris never picks the Saints to win a game. He hates <laughs> the Saints so much. He's the divisional rival against this, what is Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he never picks them to win a game. Week, look back, hear back every every single week. There's not been one week where he's picked the Saints to win. So I already knew where he was going there. So whenever, but they're, but they're at home. The Texans are at home. Yeah. They're playing good football. Come Saints, on, come on. Listen, Houston's playing at home, and the Saints are coming off a dominant performance. Where on the road? If the Saints can embarrass the Patriots at home, I don't see why they can't do the same damn thing to the Texans. You think because, like, I thought the same thing. It's like, Texans are playing at home. Yeah, but the Patriots are, like, stupid bad. It's like, yeah, okay. it's, anyway, it's horrible I was just bad. thinking, like, man, if the, 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 the Patriots are at home. Belichick was going for his 300th win. The Patriots have, have not won at home yet. Of course. And then it wasn't, like, a close game. They destroyed them, and somehow the Texans, because they're home, they're going to have this great home field advantage. Take the Saints, guys. Their defense is dominant. You know, Carr doesn't need to do too much to beat this Texans team. Patriots and Raiders. Yeah, without going into any rants, Johnny, this I, this is the question bowl. So I have some questions, okay? Yeah. Question bowl, you get it? Will Belichick get 300 against his protege? Will Mac Jones get benched again? Will Josh McDaniels get fired? Will Josh Jacobs in the running game finally get off and running on all cylinders? And of course, how mad will Devontae Adams be when he only gets four balls <laughs> thrown his way? So th- does it really matter who wins this game? I mean, do we got to pick a winner here? I mean, yeah, we have to pick a winner. Okay, well then give me the Raiders <laughs> to win this one at home. Listen, the, the Patriots, they don't have any um, elite players. They have, they have nothing. From offense and defense, they have nothing. We always can go back to, even when we're talking about the Brady days or even just... Elite players on defense, whether it's McCourty, whether it's, you know, like Ty Law back in the day, or even offensively. Not that we had, you know, we always took um, young talent and developed them into greatness. Edelman, Wells Welker. What is the, the Patriots have no one. They have nothing going on right now. Their defense is is terrible. Their offense can't ever get separation. I have no idea here. Both teams are terrible. The, the Pats, they say they are starting over. Yeah, that's what Belichick was talking about after that whole, you know, the last debacle against the Saints. Let's see if that helps against the Raiders team. They're playing in Las Vegas. So I'm picking the home team to win. There are two bad teams. Whole field advantage wins this. Raiders win this game. All, all that and, and McDaniels wins? You just said that McDaniels wins. Though. Yeah, I could have said it, but, you know, people <laughs> want to hear my, my thorough analysis. Arizona Rams. So it's clear that at this point, the Cardinals are looking to move on at the QB position. Uh, they were saying even uh, from the beginning that this was going to happen, and it sure looks like it. At one and four, you got the Cardinals kind of entering that tank mode stage. Uh, whereas with the Rams, they haven't won at home yet. They're 0 and 2. They're going to they're gonna get their first win here. Uh, give me Coop and Nakua duo for their first win playing together. And give me the Rams going back to 500, getting the season going. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. I like Puka and Cup at home against a team we all know isn't very good, but they fooled us when they beat the Cowboys. But, uh, yeah, this is a, an easy one for me. Rams over the Cardinals. Eagles against the New Jersey Jets. 
Okay, you you gotta you gotta make gutsy calls, Johnny. You gotta be able to make oh, these yeah. from yeah. your gut, from your gut. Go ahead, man. The Jets have wins against the Bills and the Broncos. The Jets are playing at home. Aaron Rodgers should be at the game as well. So give me the Eagles to win this one. Eagles will stay undefeated yeah, for another I, week. I knew you were going that route. Like, come on, <laughs> Eagles, baby. There's no reason to think the Jets have any chance here. I don't know why you put some you you had you put some relevance on um, Aaron Rodgers hey. being in the stands and watching them. That's like meaningful. They That's... That, is, that doesn't mean a damn thing. I think like, it does. No, it doesn't. It's not. They're not looking at the stands. This isn't a movie where they're looking at the stands and seeing dad in the stands. Like I'm gonna win it for you. Like no. <laughs> Eagles win this game against the Jets. Who are we kidding here? Lions and Bucks. Yes. Uh, Florida Man Sports Podcast. Buccaneer fans. Game of the week. It got pushed to the afternoon for a reason. Of course, the Bucks are coming off the bye week, and we needed the bye week from the defensive side. We still have our number one pick who has yet to play. I hope and pray that he's healthy to play. Uh, we are going to need all hands, period. Every single person on the Bucks team that is healthy, that is starting, needs to play this one. We do have home field advantage, so we have that going for us. My stomach turns, Johnny, to give you my predictions in this because we are 3-1, and one, and the Lions are just, they're playing some great freaking football. Uh-oh. What's happening? What's going to happen here? What? Give me the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, to shock the world in prime time. <laughs> steal one for the good guys. LFG, uh, baby. Bucks win. Let's you, go. You, you're making the same. Let's mistake, go. The same mistake I made with the Patriots. I was like, yes. Granted, the Bucks much better football team than the New England Patriots. But I'm going to record the, that and replay the, that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they they are. I mean, the Bucks are coming off their bye week and they're playing at home. Okay, they still can't run the ball. And haven't proved they can stop the ball. Lions can do both, and they're going to have their all of their offensive weapons back with St. Brown's coming back. So, and then you have Gibbs coming back as well. So, Lions are winning this game. I'm sorry, it's going to be win this game. Why are you? Oh my god! You 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 listen. I get it. Your fanhood has going to go ahead and have you picking the Bucks, but you've seen this Lions team over the last few weeks. Uh, um, They're a tough, tough team, and. The, what, the Bucks have a shot because they are coming off their bye week. We can see what they can do, what adjustments they made. They've had time to really look at this Detroit team. But Montgomery is unstoppable. This guy has just been like nonstop. Dude, golf is looking really good. Their defense is solid. The, the O-line, no, they're, D-line. They're playing some great football. I get it's it. It's all around it. good it. team. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult to see what they can do. Did you did you have me picking the, the Bucks on this one? Did you think I was going to pick the Bucks? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's the same way I have you always picking against the Saints. I have you always going with the Bucks. I knew you – I mean, you did a good little, little okey-doke there. But I was like, no, that wasn't going to happen. All right, Chris, Giants and the real New York team, Buffalo Bills. You're saying the real Buffalo Bills after that loss. But, no, nevertheless, they get what I call, as always, patent pending, the palate cleanser here. The Bills get this one. It's a very easy, easy win for them. You do have raining and cold conditions, but the Bills Mafia always shows up. Give me the Bills to destroy the New York Giants. Yeah, the, the Bills are going to lay the SmackDown Mafia style, like you mentioned, uh, on the Jersey Giants. And they're going to remind them who the real king of New York is. <laughs> Cowboys and Chargers. Yeah, we're, we're sticking uh, with the Chargers on this till the wheels fall off, Johnny. They're at home. 
they they are one and one at home. Chargers set up uh, in a. This is for me, right? A huge, huge win if they can get it. They're going to send the Cowboys spiraling to three and three. To the home team goes the W. You do have Austin uh, Eckler there. He's coming back and he's going to be healthy for this one. Now, I, Chris is looking at my notes because the Cowboys are coming off an embarrassing loss and they face the Chargers in their home field. Chargers are coming from off their bye week with a healthy Eckler. I like the Chargers to hand them boys their third loss this season, having Dallas fans in full panic mode. Chargers are winning this so, game. So we both picked the Chargers, so let's just let's talk about that a second, right? Let's okay. say we're both right. Let's say the Cowboys go three and three. We've we've been critical in Prescott. Then what? What happens to the Cowboys at three and three? Because let's be honest, everybody in the beginning with their undefeated streak to start the season, what were we saying? We're playoff bound, right? So contenders, pretenders, remember well, that? Well, the, the Cowboys have always, they're, they're playoff bound. That's not the issue. Of course, they're playoff bound. They've been in the playoffs. They're a good team. The problem is I get tired of people saying that they're great. I got tired of people saying how, oh my, their defense is outstanding. But I've been telling you this, today's NFL isn't the NFL that I grew up watching or you did as well, to where defense wins championships. Offense wins championships. So, this so, is an offensive-driven league. So at 3-3, three and three, they're going to be a 500 team. You're still saying in that division, in the NFC, they're still going to be a playoff team Listen, at 3-3? Three and three? The, the Cowboys were your division champs, not yeah. mine. They, they, the only hope of making the playoffs is through the wild card. Okay, so, That's they're, still, so they're still in it, even at 500? They're still in it at okay. 500. There's plenty of season left. Let's calm down. The only thing, man, if the Cowboys miss the playoffs, oh, my God. <laughs> For me, Prescott not making it to the Super Bowl is automatic. You're done. Be done with him. If you don't make the the, the playoffs, 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 <laughs> yeah, if you don't make the playoffs, forget it. I don't want to hear the excuses. I've been saying this year eight with Dak Prescott. We've seen enough. Those were the games that were, again, just a weird, weird week of football going on, Johnny. Uh, as we move on, before we talk about the games that are going to be happening uh, here, let's talk a little bit more about the fantasy football that was as well. Yes, sir. You've got the 5-0 and o Christian uh, Harmony uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, And uh, what's your record, Johnny? It doesn't matter. It's just, we, no, no, I don't like to focus fan, on the, the past. The, the fans want to know. What was your record? Okay, I'm I'm one and four. One and four. But you know that's very important. Five and zero oh versus one and four. It's very important because as the fantasy season continues, Johnny, you still have a chance of making the playoffs. So that, with that being said, we've got the waiver wire coming up. What are your thoughts? on uh, who we should be picking up in the waiver wire so you can get out of one and four, get back into the playoff Well, race. being a one and four, I'm constantly hunting this waiver <laughs> wire and be on it here. But um, my my top waiver wire is uh, K.J. Osborne, the wide receiver from Minnesota. It's it's simple. Jefferson is out at least four weeks. The Vikings are a pass-first team, mainly because they're constantly playing from behind. So Cousins is throwing, throwing, throwing. So this is the guy that's going to be replacing, not really replacing Jefferson, but he's coming in the mix to kind of work it. So he's the guy. He's going to get some touches. He's going to get some looks. He's going to get a lot of targets. K.J. Osborne is my guy. Yeah, that's a good pickup with uh, having Cousins still throwing the ball out there. For me, it's going to be Josh Downs. He's going to be a flex option uh, that you didn't know that you probably needed. He's averaging just a little under 10 points. He has huge upside uh, with Gardner Minshew taking over at quarterback. He's rostered in 10% of ESPN teams. Again, if you need a flex option, it's going to be Josh Downs for you going forward. Um, do you have anybody else in line, Johnny, that, you know, I, I do. Uh, what, what I what I want people to understand, um, the Dolphins just picked up this guy from the Bears, Claypool. Okay, oh, Claypool. wow. Wow, now, wow. He, he was a solid stealer. Okay, he, he didn't work out for the Bears, but wide receivers rarely do well with Chicago Bears. Now, you've seen this, the Dolphins offense. 
pick this kid up just to see how they use him. He was a, a number one guy uh, for the Steelers. They got rid of him, traded him to the Bears to see what we can do. And the Bears, yes, Claypool was a big baby with the Bears, but the Bears were a mess. They're, they're now starting to figure things out. It just didn't work well with him and that system. There's not a receiver in the NFL that can't make this Dolphins system work for them. So I expect Claypool to really kind of get into the mix of things. So take him, stash him in your your, your bench yeah, there and him. see what he does. I was going to say stash him. Don't don't, don't play him. Just stash no, no, him. No, no. Okay, I like that. I like that. I also want to remind you in fantasy world, folks, you, know, you, you want to make sure that you have a QB for the short term, a kicker, and a defense. I know you hate when I bring that up, but at the end of the day, guys, a defense can win you the game. A kicker can win you the game. And if you have a, a, a bye week situation, which you probably do, there, there's teams and quarterbacks out there that you can pick uh, for this week for example I'm going to just jump right into it I picked the Falcons defense uh, they're rostered in 3% of ESPN leagues I expect them to have a decent game uh, this week so definitely don't forget about your kickers and your defense but let's just talk a little bit deeper about our teams individually and what we've done as I mentioned before I am 5-0 and Johnny uh, and how did I get there how did I get to 5-0 and uh, I traded away Jonathan Taylor how many weeks ago now? Three, four weeks ago? Correct. Okay. I added Montgomery. We all know how Montgomery's been doing. I added Tua to the mix. We know how great he's been doing. Then I traded Tua for Pickett to Pickens because I've been high on them. He responds with 26 points, uh, you know, and added some depth to my bench as well. So when you're 5-0, and I mentioned this in last week's episode, folks. Uh, unlike Johnny, I can't live on the waiver wire. So you got to be keeping your head on the swivel. You got to be willing to take risks and take opportunities. Who knows what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor? Like you mentioned, they're they're going to be building a good duel in the back there for the Colts. So does he have a touchdown every game or every other game? I mean, that, those are some question marks there that I that I want to hear your feedback on. I mean, and then just to kind of wrap up here, Johnny, as far as like like the, the flex QBs options, the reason why I'm 5-0, and oh, I picked up Sam Howell when people said not to. I picked up three defenses when people said not to. They told me to start the Dallas defense and gave me negative points. Thank God I didn't listen to that. So when you're undefeated, I said this last week, you got to keep your head on the swivel. You're not going to get it from the waiver wire. You make trades with your gut and you dig deep, baby. You dig deep as you navigate through the bye weeks. You try not to make moves with your guts, guys. You, you you make it based on analysis and actually look and see what's happened there. When you make moves on guts, it's worked out for Chris this year. Uh, I don't okay, know how. Okay, this is just driving me nuts. Like, I'm glad that I chose this year to start a podcast with my buddy here <laughs> to go ahead and show everyone because how terrible my, I've last year in the championship game. The year before third place, I'm always in the mix of things. And then this year, my God. But what's killing me? Like, I'm, oh, I'm one in four. Okay, I've only really lost one game. One you, you know, the the I'm one of four. Oh, yeah, so I'm predicting I'm, the future. Okay, so I've only really lost uh, one uh, uh, one real game where I just got completely blown out. The the rest of the games I've lost by less than ten points, and all of them were by just choosing the wrong defense. That's what that's the worst feeling. Now, I don't care what Chris says. Kickers, you can pick up a kicker, do it. You, you, you there's no real consistency unless you're like what Koo of an Atlanta who's constantly hitting game winners. They should give you an extra extra few points for game winning field goals. But that's that's uh, for another. I agree with that. Things I, I would but, do that. But uh, um, it's just that's the most frustrating part. Where you losing's fine. That's part of fantasy football. But losing based on the fact that you plugged in the wrong defense or plugged in that one player that wasn't wrong. That is frustrating here because it's not like you needed for me like. 20 points from a defense like Chris does. Chris needed 20 points from his defense, and somehow he luckily gets it, you know. But um, 
You know, for me, it's like, come on, just get me four points, Washington. Just get me non-negative points, Jacksonville. I know you can do it. You scored 20 points the week before, but not for me. Not for me. I, I love how I love how I am undefeated, and you find a way to like, oh, well, we're doing this just no nonsense, and you're no, not supposed what, to go with what your I'm gut. Saying, what I'm saying is that, like, listen, that gut thing, more often than not, is going to bite you in the butt. You've played year in, year out with your gut. This year, I have to give it to you, Chris, all of your moves have paid off. I do not understand. I've never seen anything like this. Everything has paid off. From when he traded Taylor, I was like, you've lost your mind. Montgomery. Montgomery was trash with the Bears. But, of course, he comes to the lines, and he's Barry Sanders. And it's like, like <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? They drafted Gibbs. Like, I don't know if Chris has some inside information because – I never understood with Montgomery because Gibbs was your top draft pick. They're going to run through Gibbs, and they're not. And bottom, somehow Chris knew this. Bo- bottom line is this. You're one and four. I know I'm giving you stuff that you're one and five. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, everybody's still in it. Yeah. I, I, what I don't want people to do if you're one and four and you're in that position to just like throw out the, you know, you're done, your season's over. Too it's late. not over. It's not over. It's not over. There's still yeah, plenty okay. of football being left. Sure. Are you, are you going to make any other trades to, to I mean, what, what's your game plan at know. one and four? I mean, honestly, for me right now, I like my team. Um, like I said, my team is competing every week. I'm just making uh, uh, everything's close, and for me, it's just I, I it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll pick a defense with a good matchup that should get me ten points. Like I said, for me to be winning these games, I don't need twenty, thirty points from a defense. Like you had a victory one week where your defense got you thirty-five points, and you needed every single one of those points to get it. I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying you you got that because you needed that. My my, I don't need that for my defense. I might, I need my defense to give me five points, but my defense is giving me negative five, negative six. I have the worst luck every single time I pick up a defense. It's a, a, a oh, Washington Commanders versus the Bears. Okay, okay, Commanders. I don't expect anything crazy. I would just give me four or five points and I win, and they give me negative five. <laughs> it's like against the Bears, all of a sudden they just blow up. Or I pick up Jacksonville, who just had twenty points. And I'm thinking, okay, you're going against the Texans. You're coming up here. Okay, I can figure something out. It's a young team rookie. You'll be all right. Nope, you give me negative points and I lose. Those are the things that are incredibly frustrating. The only thing holding back my tears is the fact that it's October, ladies and gentlemen. And in my household, it's not about costumes and candy. It's baseball. (laughs) Glorious baseball. Uh, Divisional series is underway. And we watched our Florida teams crumble and die Mm -hmm. in the wild card. The Marlins fought hard, and I'm proud of them for fighting the way they did to make the playoffs. The Rays ended up being exactly what I said they would be, a tale of what if. They are a franchise that refuses to spend money on free agents. And even when they have a real shot of a championship, you know, they still don't care. You know, when they do spend money on young talent that they develop for a little bit, that talent ends up being a pedophile. So a lot of bad luck mm-hmm. and bad decisions mm-hmm. Um, you know, mixed with cheap owners and a, a lackluster fan base. You know, I, I went to watch the Rays at the end of the season while in the middle of a hard-fought playoff race. No one was at the game. It was embarrassing. They made the playoffs. Fans came out to the tune of around 19,000 for game one, 20,000 for game two, the lowest playoff Horrible. attendance in baseball Horrible. history. $1.2 billion stadium, folks. Essentially across the street from what I've read, it will be very beautiful. But they're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's just insanity. We all know this. 
Do yourself a favor, Rays. Pull that contract before it's too late. Build a stadium in Tampa Bay, not St. Pete. You know, even better, build it in Orlando. But try something different. What you're doing doesn't work. Sad and disappointed for my Rays. They should have watched Stop trying something. to make the Orlando Stadium work. Stop trying um, to make- Do you have anything to say about our Florida baseball teams? Yeah, man. For me, it, it's not really uh, that the Rays didn't get somebody during the during the um, uh, free agency period like you had so said in previous episodes. For me, it's more about Wander Franco. Wander Franco ruined it for the Rays this year. We've been in the playoffs for five years in a row. We're going to get back. We're going to come back stronger than ever. But make no mistake, it's more of the Wonder Franco fiasco uh, that hurt us for the Rays this year. You're absolutely right about the fan attendance, by the way. That's very heartbreaking, but that's a whole other conversation there. And then for the Marlins, you've got a 15-game improvement. You know, we're back in the playoffs since 2020. So hold your head high, Marlins. Uh, you know, there's I know that moral victories don't really exist, but to get back into the playoffs and make it fun for all of us here in Florida, that was very happy, you know, exciting to watch. Well, it, it was a lot of bad luck, you know, for the Rays, what happened with Yonder Franco. But that's been my argument, is that across the board, sports franchises, like, they invest in the unknown. So this team who doesn't want to spend money, they see a young, talented kid. There's a lot of unknown with young talent. And that's, a, I mean, what happened with Yonder was something like, whoa, out of left field. But still, it's unknown. That's why you have a young, even without Franco, you had a good team why you have to spend your money on proven commodities, proven talent, something to where like, all right, you know what you're getting for the most part. You know, the reason the, the you know, Houston cheaters are in the playoffs is because they went out and got Verlander. Right. It's the reason other teams, uh, uh, Scherzer at the time, he goes hurt with the Rangers, they got what they were. This is the reason why they are where they are because they went out and got proven commodities. They didn't gamble on young talents. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so now that, you know, better luck next year for both teams. We do have some games, like you mentioned, Johnny. You're so excited for the playoffs in your house. So let's just kick it right off, right? We have the American League Division Series uh, going on. The Rangers, whose loss at Seattle on the last day of the regular season, made them a wild card team instead of the AL West champions. Uh, how do you see that series going? That's all. Listen, Rangers, my pick to win the AL pennant back in July. They, they just swept the Orioles three games and nothing are headed into the ALCS. Game one was a close game, won by the bullpen, you know, uh, a 3-2 win. Game two, both teams came out and hit. Pitching was an afterthought as Texas wins 11-8 in a slugfest. Game three, with all the momentum, with the Rangers, they slammed the door on the Orioles, winning 7-1. Orioles had a great season that nobody expected. They won 101 games. They won the AL East, but they lost their closer, Batista, late in the season. And uh, he was their security blanket. The Rangers now um, have their sights on winning their first pennant since 2011 and their wor- and their first World Series ever. I'm excited. I'm hoping to see what happens. I'm happy my Rangers, my pick for the AL pennant, still in the hunt. Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, right, the first time getting there. And, and now they get to rest. They get to rest because there's still more uh, baseball to be played. Moving on to the NLDS where you said the Diamondbacks would lose to the Brewers, Johnny. Here, here they are, 2-0 lead over the Dodgers. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, the Dodgers, you know, they, they came into the playoffs as the best in the West, winning mm-hmm. 100 games. And their division, they won the division by 16 games over who? The Arizona Diamondbacks. Arizona Diamondbacks were 16 games behind the, the Los Angeles Dodgers and are now two up on the Diamondbacks on the verge. On the two up, two, they're, they're up two games to nothing. The Diamondbacks are on the verge to getting, 
you know, like that's just incredible. Yeah. wiping the floor with the Dodgers. That's the thing with baseball more than any other sport. You get hot and you can beat anyone. Game one featured future Hall of Famer Kershaw going for the Dodgers and the first time postseason pitcher Merrill Kelly for the D-backs. On paper, this game was over before it began. That's why you play the games, folks. Kershaw lasted a third of an inning, giving up six runs, six hits. Kelly looked like he was a true ace, only giving up three hits, zero runs over six and a third. Weed in Arizona to the beatdown, 11-2. Game two was strangely similar with the D-backs jumping all over the Dodgers starter. Miller getting three early runs off of him, chasing him out of the game after an inning and two-thirds. Arizona had solid pitching and hitting. It's pretty simple. Dodgers hitting and pitching non-existent in game one. The hitting took another day off in game two, and they lost four to two. Los Angeles one through five hitters are six for 34. That's 176, folks. Their their heart of the lineup is batting 176. Mookie Betts, Freeman combined one hit in the series. No one saw the Diamondbacks beating the Brewers. Even less envisioned this team getting past the Dodgers. But they are one win a game. That time off just kills offense and baseball. Pitching and defense travel. The bats, not so much. I've seen Braves go up two games and nothing on the Yankees in the World Series just to lose four straight. I've seen the Red Sox, you know, win four straight games to beat the Yankees after they're up 3-0. Anything can happen, but the Dodgers sure dug themselves in the deep hole. Yeah, and to your point, too, the Diamondbacks, they've outscored opponents by 20 runs compared to the Dodgers. They've been outscored by one run, so definitely there's truth there as well. Going on to the Houston Astros and the Twins, who, of course, we all know just recently, the 9-1 beatdown that was. Johnny, how do you see this series going? Listen, the, the Houston Cheaters are winning <laughs> two games to one against a tough Twins team. Uh, game one went to the Houston Cheaters as they actually went and made a move to better their team. Like I mentioned before, they gave a chance. they gave their chance uh, their team a chance to win, unlike the Rays, and they rode the game one victory on the back of Verlander, who they actually went and picked up on, you know, in the trade deadline. Six inning pitches, six innings pitch, four hits, zero earned runs. Minnesota made it interesting with a few home runs from Polanco and Lewis, but it proved, you know, just a little too late, too little too late as they 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 were down six to four. Game two, the Twins showed that they they wouldn't be pushed around. You know, Lopez pitched seven strong innings, giving up only six hits. Zero runs. Correa went three for four, three RBIs. He's doing everything he can to send his former team back home. Mm. Now, the, the Twins do take game two, six to two. Game three, the Cheaters were not happy about losing at home, so they must have flown in some guys from the drum line to help them out as they hit four home Oof. runs and easily take this one nine to one. Houston Cheaters are up two to one. They look to close out Minnesota later today. Now, I'm fine with this Houston team winning. If that's the case, as I mentioned previously, I really want to see the Rangers and, and Houston Cheater Series, and I want the Rangers to stop on them. Well, Game 4 is at Target Field today, like you mentioned there, Johnny. And if the Twins force Game 5, it would be in Houston on Friday, so some games there to watch. And, of course, closing out the Braves and the Phillies. The the Philadelphia Phillies, Philly, excuse me, take on the Braves today, Game 3 of the NLDS. The series is tied 1-1, one one, Johnny. Uh, the series is the one to watch. I mean, Phillies and Braves all tied up 1-1. Game three in Philadelphia today. Like I said earlier, offense doesn't travel well in baseball, which means too much time off is a bat killer. Now, Major League Baseball's juggernaut of the, the Atlanta Braves were off five days while the Phillies kept playing, and that time off hurt them. They were shut out three to nothing in game one. Braves pitching was solid 
and Strider only gave up one earned run. But when your team doesn't score a single run, you can't win. Phillies. The cold bats continued for the Braves, and the Phils jumped out to a 4 to nothing lead in Game 2. And then finally, after 14 innings without a single run, the Braves remembered that I picked them to win the pennant. Oh, they remembered. They remembered. Oh, okay. And, and Chris picked the Phils. Mm-hmm. And no one likes losing to Chris. It's insufferable. <laughs> a, 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 an all-out assault. It was an, a, a ground ball error. Scored one run. Next inning, two-run homer. Next, another two-run homer by Riley to take the lead. The game ends on a tremendous defensive effort by Harris in center field, doubling off Harper at first. It's a great comeback for the Braves. Great series. I love baseball. (laughs) Tied 1-1 Braves-Phillies. Great series. Best series to watch. Of course, who's going to come out on top? The Braves are finally getting the offense back. The Braves are taking this series. Mm. Well, I guess it remains to be seen. And it is a great time. I'm actually thinking, Johnny, we should probably do another episode before. I know we're doing once a week right now, but with the playoffs, maybe we'll talk about that offline. But there's there's a lot of baseball going on right now. So definitely something to think about. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll consider it. Absolutely. Uh, of course, now and added to the fact that now all the sports are playing, Johnny. Basketball is back in season. We are in the preseason. It's already gotten off and running. Miami and Orlando have already played. And, of course, the rookie watch. The rookies have played. So the wait is over. Uh, preseason is here, Johnny. Let's kick it off with Wemby, the number one rookie, uh, first overall rookie of the year. Uh, not rookie of the year. Look at me getting ahead of myself. The number one pick in the yes. NBA draft. He drops 20 points in 19 minutes, five rebounds, two steals. And, of course, Holmgren, who is in his rookie year because of injury, 21 points in 16 minutes, nine rebounds, one assist. What are your thoughts on on that game. Well, the the battle of the Sean Bradleys. If uh, oh, if, if if you don't know uh, who he is, just look him up or watch Space Jam, the original, not that remake trash. Now, uh, amazing to see what has happened to basketball. That's my take on this game here. Thirty years ago, these kids would be averaging ten points a game and be out of the league in six years. Now they are the faces of their league. You know, Chet. He's my pick for rookie of the year since uh, you know he's gonna get his stats on a bad team and he's pissed about you know how last year ended and all this hype around Wemby. I actually did watch a lot of Chet in college, and uh, and uh, his, you know, this particular brand of watered down basketball where you can't touch anyone without a foul being called, and post game is disappearing. You know, uh, he and Wemby should do well in today's NBA. So it's going to be interesting what happens. That the the game was, it, it showcased some of their skills, and I and I can appreciate, it, but it's still preseason. You just want to see exactly what they can do. They can shoot. They can move. You know, uh, the, the defense is what I'm worried about. But, you know, in today's NBA, defense isn't important. Well, you're going to have Holmgren. I think you had him picked for Rookie of the Year, right? Correct. I know I was getting ahead of myself with Wemby there. Uh, my pick is is Henderson from Portland now with the trade happening with Lillard. I definitely think he's got an opportunity there. But uh, I, I think that there's a lot, uh, a lot left on the table for Holmgren. He's going to be playing angry basketball, taking a year of your rookie year, right? So this is going to be technically now his rookie season. They both look good. Uh, Wemby, 20 points in 19 minutes. He looks solid. And and I got to disagree with you. I understand that competitive basketball was better in the 90s from a defensive standpoint. But right now, it's the mecca of basketball, Johnny. Right You've now, got to inter- be kidding listen, me. Listen, You've listen. You've got to be kidding You've me. Got you say inter- it's the mecca of basketball. You have international oh talent. God. Basketball is as difficult and as challenging as it they, has they ever been. They ruined the game. But, but Johnny, the talent is there. So, again, I'm, I'm going to give credit when it's due. And, and it's great to see the first game. It's just a preseason game. Don't get hyped up too much. But both 
both guys dropping 20 points. That was fun to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, that's what you, everybody wants to see. Just everybody's shooting threes. You have an opportunity for a layup or a dunk? No, let me go out and shoot a three. The game has just been shot, shot, shot. As a defender, you can't hand check. Oh, you can't even put your foot down. If you land on their foot or anywhere there, automatic foul. Uh, Steph Curry has perfected the move of just falling after every three. Flops are rewarded. Nonstop flops. It's This is... Don't tell me this is the mecca of basketball. It's it pissing is. me off. It absolutely it is. It is not the mecca of basketball. Is. This is oh my I, I god. I want I want I want fans no, who are listening you're, you're, and they comment on Twitter to understand. Listen, when, Lost your damn when I when I when I say mecca of basketball, it's just a simple question: yes or no? Is basketball now as competitive as it's ever been in an international level? Yes or no? No. No. Then, okay. Then no. That, that's where we, that's where we have to d- disagree because no. you're completely wrong. Basketball has gotten harder and harder. Look at what happened oh in, the, in, the, in the FIBA World it, Cup. This is this is what's happening, and these players are being drafted from international to the NBA level. So basketball has gotten better. Basketball has gotten mm-hmm. harder and okay. more difficult. No, the fact no, that they're not dunking no, and the fact that they're no. not playing as defense no, that they like is irrelevant. They're still dunking. What the point is that there's more international players. Of course, there's more international players. You're getting talent from Serbia. You're getting talent from Italy, from France. They're coming exactly. over here from Spain, coming here and playing. Exactly. But the rule changes ruin this game. Now it's just kind of like no, they don't want to see any. You you couldn't drive the lane. You couldn't do certain things because you had physical presence. You had guys like you know Alonzo Mourning was that, that a center that would just dominate. You or oh, you want to drive the lane? Good luck. You know you have play Carl Malone these uh, uh, um, these big defensive and even offensive powers that were allowed to develop a post up game. Now it's like no, it's like a post up game for what? You push somebody down, foul, foul. Oh, any type of physical contact is a foul. And then, and then you get guys like LeBron who've mastered the flop, who are just kind of like, oh my goodness, it's just everything's a flop. Every, a bunch of crybabies. All I see is a bunch of players crying to the refs. All I see is a bunch of flops. All I see is a bunch of jump shooting. The game has changed. I still enjoy basketball, but don't call it the mecca. Well, well, folks, this is exactly why the Florida Man podcast exists. You got two Florida men giving you two different sides of opinions. This is One's only right. this is only the start of the preseason. This is just talking about great twenty point performances because that's what they were. And and to put kind of emphasis on this, my pick, Scoot Henderson, he only had seven points and six assists. It's preseason, so we're not going to get over zealous on the fact that you know he didn't score in double figures and whatnot. It's preseason, but it's great to see some basketball being started. Moving on to the floor to teams Johnny let's start with Miami a win is a win even in preseason they win 113 to 109 Uh, as far as the game goes Hero takes off exactly where he left off 22 points uh, you know five and three so he leads Miami Uh, for you for you who uh, are like me and are happy that Miami kept their team intact Jaquez Jr 13 points and seven rebounds and Nikola Jovic, he hasn't even played. He played, what, like seven minutes, I think, this game. So a lot to be excited about in Miami, short of the win in the preseason. Happy that they kept the team intact. What are you talking about? I'm not happy about that. It's, I am. You, you, you're, 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 you're all over the place. You, you're talk, you want to sit here and talk about how Hero's the greatest you know, a, a player ever. And then like when they, when they didn't trade him, like, okay, good, he stayed put. And then you'll go ahead and say that, oh, it was a great move by the Blazers. I, by Hero is a good player. Did I want Lillard in Miami? Yes. Everyone but you, Chris, wanted Lillard in Miami. 
And then Lillard because goes of the to the Bucks because of the cost. It, it's, it was worth Tell the, the cost. whole story because it, of the cost. It's worth the okay. cost. Okay. When have you heard a premier player going to another team and not costing anything? It cost the Brooklyn Nets when they picked up you know Garnett and Pierce. It, and, it, and, and didn't win anything. Continue. No, that was foolish. That yeah, was, that and didn't was win anything. Continue. Go ahead. Uh, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is that it cost. It, it, it cost. It, it, it cost the uh, the Lakers when they they uh, the Magic pl- uh, traded Dwight Howard to the Lakers. It it cost everything. It cost when yeah. right now the Bucks went ahead and picked up you know Lillard. It cost them. It's going to cost and, draft and, picks. And the Lakers it's didn't win anything either. Them. Go ahead. Continue that shovel. You're digging real good. Keep no, going. it's Keep not. Going. It's, the, the point is not if it's paid off or not. Every team that tr- tries to pick up a premier talent, it costs them multiple first-round draft picks. That's the co- that's the price of business. It, and you're over here like, oh, you can't go ahead and trade those draft picks for a chance to win one or two championships. What? That's that's what that's, you do that, it for. That, that's not what I said. Age plays a lot in this. Oh we already went yeah, back yeah, and yeah, forth yeah, last yeah, episode yeah. talking about why Lillard made sense for the Bucks and why Boston uh, did the trade that they did as well. It mm-hmm. depends on your core and how young they are. And again, I stand by this. It wasn't for multiple years of winning with Lillard, so I don't know why we're, we're still talking about Lillard. But ultimately, guys, you okay. kept your core intact. You have a young, young team short of Butler and, 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 and of course, Lowry as well because he's you know older as well. But short of that, you've got a handful of talent in that team who is going to be in the playoffs. So, And that's what I mean to say that, hey, you did fine you're going to be just fine this year no, and i am not. excited about hero this year as well so most teams that competed in the east got better yeah. did, did, did he get better uh-huh. no they haven't they didn't get better they're the exact same team they lost a couple pieces to the lakers a couple of key players that these undrafted talent that spolster up really developed into really making a run though he an argument or, can be made johnny that you got better by staying intact oh my that's not an argument that's, can be made. that's nonsense absolutely it's, that is nonsense unless unless you're you know you you have already amazing like jordan rodman Pippen, they kept those players together. And then you, you can add a couple little pieces around, little perimeter players, a couple bench players. You can do that if you have something like that. But you, you can't sit here and say, Butler's getting old. Butler's getting old. You have Butler. You have Bam. You have the, you have the coach. Like, you need more than just Butler. But you need more of Bam is defensive presence, rebounds. Yep, you, you need got Jovic, offense. You got Jaquez. You no, got Hero. No, you, need, you need offense. And, and you're trying to tell me that Hero is going to go ahead and have the same offensive production that Lillard would have had? I didn't that's, say that. I didn't no, say that. What I'm saying is that's that what I said. that's not going you're, – you're so, do not trade Hero for Lillard. Do not trade Hero for Lillard. Hero is not winning you a championship. Lillard could have won you a championship, and just that statement okay. alone, yeah. it makes the trade worth it. Okay, because you have a player that gives you the chance to win a championship. Some organizations they're fine with making the playoffs. They're fine with just making it competitive. And then the real, the the true, uh, you know, testament of a great ownership, great organization are the ones who they know we're here to win championship. We're here to do it, not just compete to get in the playoffs. Miami fans hear me out because again, this is why this, this podcast should exist and why, and why, why this matters. You've got a guy in Johnny who, who's going to say, Hey, sell everything, sell, sell, that's sell. That's not what I'm saying. Because that's what they wanted, Johnny. They wanted a, a handful of all of Miami's talent. They wanted three first round yep. picks. Get they want to sacrifice everything for a championship. Okay. I get that. Mm-hmm. But the window is too small. If they had a window of three, four years, I would give it to you. They had a window of this year, one year. 
And that's very, very important to think about it. So for one year, Miami fans, you're telling me it was worth to risk it for one year, three first round picks and all of your core talent? No, it was not. The only problem that Miami has right now, and it's the truth, and that's the only thing you said that makes actual sense and that's right, is that because they were waiting for Lillard, they didn't add other pieces. And that I will give you. That can be seen as, man, that really what? sucked. No. Because they were, yeah, because they were waiting for Lillard. But short of that, Johnny, they kept their core intact, they kept their picks, and more importantly, every player is going to play better. Jovic is a better player this year than he was last year because of what he did in FIBA. Boom. Bank what? on that. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Why, why do you keep saying one year? Why do you keep saying that it's for all this for one year? Uh, Lillard is going to be on the Bucks or same as here for about three years. Great. Uh, Great. So, I love so that. Here's I love a, here's, that. Here's, here's the because thing. a 34-year-old Butler and a 34-year-old Lillard is not going to be the same as this year. It's this year no, or nothing. I, I, and, and, I, and Miami fans know that going in. They know that if you wanted Lillard, you know that's true. No, it, 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 that's not true because we're talking about shooters are going to shoot late into their 30s. You know, the great shooters, oh, that shot's the last to go. So you can say whatever you want, but Ray Allen won some championships for the Heat with that shot in his late 30s. Okay? he's done. He did what he needed to do. So the Heat are not worried when, about... When he was averaging eight, 18 points and, a game. Good job. Okay. And, good, and, good, good one, and won you a championship against the Spurs. Yeah. Won you... And, and Heat fans don't forget that. And even if they got just one championship out of this, it's worth it. One championship, but giving up three draft picks is worth it for the idea of potentially competing in the future. This is the Miami, uh, um, the difference between the Miami Heat fan and Orlando Magic well, th- fan. Th- Orlando th- Magic. Th- thankfully, I know where you're going to go with this, but okay. thankfully Pat Riley actually agrees with me because if that was the case, he would have pulled the trigger on the little trade and he didn't. Why? Because he's a great basketball mind no. and he understands that he was not going to give up the house. So you he, can say whatever he, you want about the Magic. Everything we're ultimately, talk- ultimately, Pat <laughs> Riley made the right about. call. Oh, no, he didn't. He didn't make the call. This is where you're 100 percent oh, wrong. Okay, uh, he made the call to trade the three first round draft picks and give up Hero. That was the call he made. the The, the ball was in the court of the the Blazers. No. What happened Sorry. here? What happened here is the NBA got involved because of Lillard doing his social media and behind the doors. They slammed the door on this trade. Very similar, but much quieter than what they did with uh, Chris Paul with the Lakers years ago. So we're like, hey, you can't be doing this. You can't be willing yourself what to the really, team. What really happened is that they wanted more and Pat Riley wasn't going to do it. And I'm glad he didn't. We can say anything about letters and speculation, all that we want. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Miami was not going to sell the farm like you're asking them to do. They did. And, and they be- offered no. the farm. No. They offered no. the farm. And it, were you wrong the, on the, this? The, the, the reports were they wanted too much. They didn't want to give up three first round picks. They didn't want to give and and, the, and and just to show you because i remember everything like it was yesterday right they, they didn't want hero they wanted a 13 because they didn't want hero we had that discussion yeah so I don't know. but so exactly so don't tell me what, what, don't tell me that miami <laughs> was like oh but they put everything out there and they got rejected that's not that's not that's the narrative okay. you want to say but that's not what, what happened what, what was the the heat what they offered the blazers three first round picks hero and a handful of other like players that were jovic really jovic okay, okay. jacques jr okay. Basically, okay. their core young guys. Go ahead. So they off. This is what was offered. Mm-hmm. So essentially, on paper, it's everything. So every three first round picks, bunch of young guys, and highlight of a hero. Right. And the Blazers did what they're supposed to do: ask for more because mm-hmm. the the time was on their side. This is in the whole off season. They're in no rush. They did what they needed to do, and then they end up taking a deal that gave them less. Now, it ended up being working more. out for them because more. they end up... No, it was the initial deal for what the Bucks were, what, two picks of swap and, and then, and then well, Holiday. So they end up trading Holiday for the another pick and essentially got 
three first round picks right. and some players. Which, Essentially which was the, the same which was deal. The narrative. No, which was the narrative that I said before that Beverly was going to do better than Lowry in the trade, which which is true. They got more for Beverly than they would have for Lowry. They got the better of the deal. No, it just ended up being that way. Initially, the only oh one in the mix was Miami. And then Toronto got in the mix. And then out of nowhere, the, the, the Bucks got into it. So the Bucks deal wasn't even in the picture till the, the bottom of the ninth. So they didn't take a deal that Miami gave them, and then they ended up at the end taking a deal that was initially initially worth less than what Miami did. That doesn't make any sense. That has the NBA involved in this uh, to making sure it doesn't happen because they don't like the way it played out. And a lot of luck kind of worked out. They worked out in their favor for the Blazers. But make no mistake. Beverly, picking Beverly over... over uh, Kyle Lowry was not uh, favor or luck. That, that, it was, that was a, luck. It was a strategic move. That was luck. They, 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 Bucks were not in the mix whatsoever. Look, so it worked that, that out. We know it worked, that we know. We're the media. That they, we know. They, 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 listen, uh, um, uh, what, uh, Wojcicki for ESPN, who's the, the lead NBA analyst. Like, yeah, butchered his name. Go ahead. His name is difficult. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's Waz. Waz. Waz called yeah, Waz. Yeah, yeah. But like, he, he, he said himself that they came out of nowhere because what was happening the day of was Miami, they haven't talked in a while. Riley's offered plenty, and he wasn't budging from offering everything that he offered. It was so much that you said it's too much. The, the Miami Heat offered so much to the Blazers that you yourself said that's too much to give up. No, you're not doing it. And Riley agreed and said, no, this is a lot. We don't need to give more, which they're already giving up half their damn team. So they didn't do this. Then all of a sudden the Raptors got into the mix, and that's who was rumor, the lead from rumor, that's, rumor. Okay, that's what Waz yeah. says, and what Waz says with the NBA is legit. I have so, my sources too, so 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 anyway. That's and then I don't know where the Bucks came in and they did what they did. So that was complete luck. It worked out. That was more than just luck. The NBA was involved in that. I don't care what anybody says. NBA was involved in it. But the Heat got screwed in this whole thing, and I don't want to hear it. The Heat got worse. The Heat did not get better by doing nothing. Nobody gets better by doing nothing, I'm, especially I'm not, when your I'm your competition saying, gets better. I'm gonna stick to what I said. I'm not saying that they did better or they did worse. I'm saying that that's in the long. Saying. No, I'll you, say it again because I'm gonna let you. Put words in my mouth and what i'm going to say is this in the long term this is a win for them and i stand by that in the long term it's a win and maybe sometimes bring back the same team of young talent that they have they could end up having a better season than last year that's what i'm going to say and we're in, and that's the nice thing about the basketball They're season not. folks it's starting now right so the preseason games are now so all this johnny talk is cheap at the end of the day we're going to see how the games go I don't, I don't want to hear had, a, had another had another team let's talk about the my orlando magic game one preseason of course they win 122 105 over the pelicans I could go on and on about how great my team is, how, but you know, as the podcast continues, you guys are already going to hear about it. My biggest question as a Magic fan was a few things. One, Jonathan Isaac playing healthy. How did he look? He looked good. Only eight minutes of play, but he looked good. Cole Anthony. We have a lot of guards. We have a lot of shooting guards and point guards. There's, there's not enough time and we have a lot of young talent. So I'm curious. There's Cole Anthony watch. He's, he's a scorer folks. And I don't know if there's enough minutes for him to be happy on the Magic team. And then, of course, Markel Fultz, seeing how he's going to take another step forward as the starting point guard for the Magic. And I'll leave you guys with this. I want to hear Johnny's take on this. But, of course, the two picks, Anthony Black and Josh Howard. Subpar performances. Again, just one first game of the preseason. Uh, Josh Howard just throwing it up, man. Eight points in, in, in 15 minutes of play. And Anthony Black looking good on defense. What, what are your thoughts on the first game of the preseason, Johnny? The Magic are not a good team. Oh my God! Okay. I asked you. I asked you what the preseason. You got to tell me the Magic they're, are not a good team. They're, not, they're, a, they're not a good team. Jesus, they're not, they're not a good team. I, I'm I'm not gonna have you sit here and hype them up 
Like, oh my God, look how amazing these guys look. All right. It, it was a preseason game. They got out there. They won the game. Mm, Great. Okay. The Magic are not making the playoffs this year. Okay? They're not making the playoffs. Like, at, at best, you guys are going to sneak into the play-in and, and do a thing. Don't it's talk the, out of both sides of your mouth and say they're not making the playoffs and then go into the play-in. The play-in play isn't the playoffs. Okay. That's, don't, I, that's, don't, I just finished saying yeah. the play-in is not the playoffs. The play-in is the playoff saying, game. The play I just finished playoff saying game. that the, that's why it's called the play It's the dumbest thing that the NBA did. But the play-in gives the, like, the, the little last place guys there a shot. But you're not really in the playoffs yet. That's why it's, it has a different name. That's the best you're going to do this year. I mean, I don't get it. If you look at the history of this team, you look at everything they do, what makes you think they're going to go ahead? You keep bringing up this young talent. You're obsessed you know, with young you know, talent. You know why, John? You know why? Because we started the Florida Man Sports Podcast this year. They know it. The Magic organization knows it. We are mm-hmm. primed for the playoff. I can't believe. We're going to end up being a higher playoff spot than Miami, possibly. So, oh, yeah. 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 Me, I remember me, I've me said you that. Ha- me and you have our own little yeah. side bet that yeah. for some reason – Chris is under the delusion that the Magic are going to finish with a better record than the Heat. It's just it, listen when I when I think of the Magic. Let me see. Let me think. For the last top prospect was Aaron Gordon. That's the last top. Besides, Aaron Gordon. Besides, the last besides, top prospect uh, we're, we're, was we're Aaron going, Gordon. We're, I'm talking about besides Pancaro. I'm, I'm talking about. We're not talking about Pancaro. This is a, your new young development team. You got okay. So for all the Magic fans who are listening, I'm going to have to school you here a little bit. During the uh, Aaron Gordon era, you had Tobias Harris. You had Oladipo. There was a there was a strong was, nucleus was, was that they were Aaron trying Gordon to build. Gordon not your best player? No, it was Tobias Harris. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like Aaron that's Gordon. Why, that's why he got a max contract in Philly. Anyway, Johnny, that's why, anyway. that's why he got a max contract. No, that's why Oladipo made the All Star game with another team, and he was he was offered max money. Unfortunately, he didn't mm-hmm. take it, and he got hurt. But don't tell me that that Aaron Gordon in 14 points per game was our best player. That's not true. Aaron Gordon was our best player. No. That and that no. yeah, that's what they drafted Horrible. him. Where they drafted him, they, they built a team around him. Horrible. You know, he, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. similar to Boncaro. Was supposed to rebuild his team after the Dwight uh, Howard era. So mm. he was there for seven seasons, mm. one winning record. 2018-19, and that was two games over 500. And in all the seasons, um, the Magic never won more than 35 games in a season. They trade him to the Nuggets for Gary Harris, averaging a monster eight points, two rebounds. R.J. Hampton, who? And a 2025 first-round pick. You know, sure, you know, to be the very last pick as because, you know, they're, they're, the, the, uh, the, the Nuggets are doing just fine. They can continue to dominate. So they get the last pick in the 2025 uh, first round. Good job. Since trading him, they finished dead last uh, in the 21-22 season, going an unbelievable 22-60. and 60. Then last year, they jumped all the way to go to third from last, going 34 and 40. You foolishly have them jump in eight spots. Beating. You know, I love, I love, I love your analysis and talking yeah, back. Yeah. I, I love, I love the fact that you can. Yeah, I know you love. That's why you're cutting ES, me off on it. From you know. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. No, go no, you can no, finish, okay. finish. no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so, go ahead. so the the fact of the matter still stands, Johnny. That anybody who watches basketball, specifically on the Magic, knows exactly what the Magic is doing. You just literally said exactly what every mm-hmm. Magic fan is thinking. We literally cleaned house the last handful of years. We got rid of Aaron Gordon, Nikola uh, Vucevic. We got of him as well if you remember for the picks from Chicago so we were literally rebuilding but now you want to call that and put that against us like oh well you guys were doing this look at how bad you did no we were rebuilding and here we are now with the same coach going to year three with the improvement that we did so all you're doing is is, is my point right we improved by how many games Johnny from from the last two years with this new leadership 12 games okay so then this year we're going to the playoffs that's the mic drop I'm talking you, about you have them boom let's go no it, you can't just keep saying mic drop I can't, and just I can't. Like, I can't. nonsense things <laughs> you won you won 22 games then you won 34 games here you went from last to third from last so then you have them for according to you because where you have them Six. going this year Six. you have them jumping eight spots mm-hmm. beating who the only teams they might be better than this year in the east 
are the Pistons, Hornets, Wizards, Pacers. That's it. Every other team is better than them. And they are not better than anyone in the West with the exception of the Rockets. We're better than Miami. We're better than Toronto this year. This year. It's delusion. It's delusion. Even without picking up, you can't sit here and, 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 you're you like a tr- working off your gut, like this delusion and faith. That's what your your analysis is with, with the magic specifically towards like no, they're gonna do it. This young team's gonna do it. Every you, you keep talking about rebuilding. They haven't. They've had one winning season in a decade. Rebuilding doesn't take this on one winning season in a decade, and that was by two games. Two games they were there. So I don't know what you, you call this great turnaround every year as much as I like to see it. There's no evidence to support that theory, bro. You're out you, there seeing Bigfoot telling me the earth is flat. You need to give it up. You you, you keep focusing on previous stuff, previous history, previous things. You're I'm still going. hanging on you're, you're still hanging on Lillard for I don't even know why we're still talking about him. He's not in Miami. We gotta move on from there. No, I, and I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just letting you know no, Miami no. is fine and so is Orlando. They're Magic both gonna be in the playoffs. No. The, the the Heat are going to be in the playoffs. They were in the, the championship last year, okay? The Magic are haven't sniffed the playoffs in forever, okay? Except what's factual. The last year they were in the finals was 2009. Their best regular season was in 95-96 when they won 60 games. That was almost 30 years ago, bro. They, okay. haven't, they haven't been dominant in over 30 years. They haven't been relevant, really, in the last 15 our kids have never seen a good team so, in Orlando. So I'm going to give you guys a path to victory since my my partner in crime over here wants to say that uh, they're not better than all these teams. We're better than Indiana. We're better than Charlotte. Better than Brooklyn. Better than Detroit. Better than Toronto. Better than Miami. This is exactly nope. how we get into the, Oh, absolutely. This is nope. exactly better than Chicago. This is exactly how we get into better the Better than Chicago, huh? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You, you guys are better than the Pistons, Hornets, Wizards, Pacers, Rockets. That's it. That's it. One oh, team in the West, God. the Rockets. It's the only team you're better than in the West. In the East, you're better. Like I just said... Pistons, Hornets, Wizards, Pacers. You just all you did was name the same La- team that's named. Ladies the most and gents, part. this is why basketball, baseball, football. This is why the Florida Man Sports Podcast is here. We're going to continue to do this as the season progresses, and I'm going to make Johnny eat his words when it comes oh to the Florida no, teams of basketball. You're, you're wrong. You're and, wrong. And that, that, that's why they play the games, brother. So that being said, folks, we are the Florida Man Podcast. It's always it's great. I'm going to try to pull Johnny's leg. See, if we can do another episode uh, before next week. Uh, any last words, Johnny, on uh, the NBA before I? Uh, Mic drop on you one more time. No, (laughs) it's it. Listen, I want the Orlando Magic to be a successful basketball team. I want them to do well. Okay, I want to root for them. I cannot do that based on our ownership. Their ownership, they don't want to spend the money, and they don't know how to keep develop talent. You know, they 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 develop for a little while, then they get rid of them. You're so big on this GM. You know, you know John Hammond, who you guys hired from the Bucks. You hired them, hired them in 2017. That's well before they won their. They won the championship in 2021. So they won that championship four years after they got rid of him. He has no credit to that. You know, the GM he before drafted, the, he drafted the free Greek. He was oh, responsible oh, for that. Oh, you drafted one player. Yeah, he was and and they knew that this guy didn't know what he was doing to the, to put the pieces around him. So you draft a generational talent like uh, the Greek freak. It's a very similar thing that the Magic did with the with Shaq. They have them. They don't know how to use them. And, and the Bucks were smart enough to get rid of them because they knew they couldn't win with them. They didn't know how to put the right pieces around uh, um, the Greek freak. And so they won without him four years later. The GM before Rod uh, Hennigan, who worked for... Oh, he was uh, horrible. We know he, that. He worked for Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Yeah. I mistakenly mentioned he, he worked for the Spurs last show there, but it was, it was uh, the Oklahoma City. But the point is that you guys don't know how to draft properly 
They haven't. You haven't had a a, a off the off the home run. You know, like rookie this, of this, the year, Bencaro. No, so final. Franz Wagner. Let me finish, the, the, this you, management, you, you, though, I'm giving don't, you the picture of this management. What I'm saying is that you don't know how to draft, and then when you do oh draft, God. when you actually actually make the picks it's right, horrible, you don't know how to put the pieces around them. You don't want. You haven't done anything. You please, for the love of God, make the playoffs this year, which I do not expect you guys to do. So, so you're telling me. Three, by okay. the way, by the way, by the way, just, I have to answer the thing about drafting. We're talking about three years or four years of this yeah. new GM. You're talking about the number one rookie of the year. Hold on, hold on. You're talking about Franz Wagner. Okay, you're talking about Jalen Shuggs, who's going to be starting this year. So three of those people right there, just naming to you right now, well, okay. they're starting for the team. Markel Fultz, given the rebound season, who made, who 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 took him from Philly, right? And then, of course, you've got the trade for Vucevic, which we got the better of in our, in our center. So it's like, what are you talking about? Literally, our starting lineup mm-hmm. is based on the fact of this new leadership okay. that improved by so many games last year. All what right. are you talking you, about? You like to, all your questions Jesus. to me are always hypothetical nonsense. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you a question then. Okay. If the Magic... Do not make the playoffs this year. Okay. Well, you finally come to the realization that I was right. If the Magic don't make the playoffs this year, will I finally come to, to... And what realization is this? That the Magic are terrible in every aspect. Okay, so we already have a side bet. And the fact of the matter is this. We know this, right? So the Magic okay. are going to make the playoffs. I am so okay. confident. I know you I'm are. So I, I get that. that, I get that. Gonna, yeah. Listen, I, I'll be... Because you said, you said if, if the I, Magic I, make the playoffs yeah, this year, right, not the play-in, no, make the playoffs. playoffs, then I would have to say you're an E-Crow. I'm going right. to be like, oh, you're yeah, going to be you know E-Crow. You're going to be an E-Crow. I was wrong. Happen. The Magic yeah. proved me wrong. This yeah. and that, blah, blah. The thing is, it's not going to happen. Because we've had the same conversation before this podcast year in, year out. And year in, year out, the magic the, deliver. The, the, they deliver the disappointment. Last, the, the last they deliver I'm... because their ownership is trash. Ownership doesn't know what the ownership does not know what they're doing. Okay, so the last thing I'll say about the magic, and, and the only credit that I am gonna give you, Johnny, is that sometimes when you're building the way that we're doing and you're building young, you make mistakes. Oh Let's go back to that Aaron Gordon real quick. Sure. When it was Aaron Gordon, Tobias Harris, Oladipo, uh-huh. there was a good core that was being oh, built yeah, they, there. They, they, they yeah, did great. And, and then what did the Hennigan guy do? What did he do? He went and traded for freaking the center from Toronto. Well, we, we gave up Old Depot. Like he, he literally gutted that team. And as Magic fans, we were there with our thumbs. You know, we we're going, why didn't we just let this team play together a couple more years? Oh, yeah. We were hurting as a, as a fan base. And here now with this new leadership, with this team, now we're in year three where 90% of the players are all together. Same core. So that's a, that's a big deal. All I'm, hearing, big deal. all I'm hearing is that exactly making my point. So when you do make the right draft picks... You do something. Maybe you're saying that your Aaron Gordon team was good. What I went over the fact that you guys didn't have a good run. One is in seven years with Aaron Gordon, you guys didn't have a winning. You had one winning record. That's yeah. two games over 500. Yeah. So you weren't making really any progress with that team because you weren't putting the right pieces yeah, G- around G- Gordon. GM was, and then, was horrible, and, and, the, and, the and then and then uh, you're over blaming. They got rid of him. You guys hired that GM. You guys hyped up the youngest GM in NBA history. I knew. I knew. Look him. how great this no, guy was. No. And he came in, and yeah, I mean, just, he, just like he the did, hockey. Guy. Terrible. I, I knew that was a bad pickup. Was a hot guy. So, but anyway, it, it's it's it, you're saying these things. My point is that the ownership does not make the right moves. They put the wrong people in charge. Now you're saying this is the right guy in charge. This guy from Absolutely. the Bucks. He's the right guy, and his only credential is that he drafted the Greek freak. He drafted this this amazing talent. That's that's your on your resume. That's the only thing he has. It's a piece of paper saying I drafted the, the Greek freak who, who, who ended up being an NBA champion. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty that's big it. deal. Then, yeah, that's pretty and, big deal. And he's and he's been with us for five years since oh, 2017. Four, four. 2017. 
So no, this is his fifth. This he five years. This is his sixth year coming up. So this he's been here five complete years and his sixth year. What have you done in those five years? Not a winning record. Traded, no. traded for assets, uh-huh. restocked the team, yep. gutted the team, started fresh, set expectations with Magic fans everywhere, saying, "Hey, we're going to go with this coach, and right oh now we're going to be rebuilding, going setting politics. the, going setting the politics, tone. Please. No, just, just doing everything right." No, but okay, he, he hasn't. All right, how? Do you, it, let me ask anybody who roots for your team when you go and you have a GM and you go for five years. The last GM was fired after five years. Sure, he was, okay. he was so, fired after five years, and he had a better record than this GM over the, in his, in his I, I got I gotta tell you something that you're kind of missing in your whole thing and your whole analysis what am I too well here's the deal folks and people who are diehard magic fans comment you're gonna know you know what I'm talking about we watch the games we watch the inside we watch I the, watch the games no, I watch we, them we, lose. We, we watch we, we watch listen we watch all the analytics that goes behind it and, and everybody knows this to be true Johnny that this team this young core magic team is probably one of the best teams that we've had and, and, and anybody can quote me that I'm wrong here other than the 90s we're talking about the 90s team the Shaq teams we're building something like that right now I'm, I'm, I'm not just telling you I know you that's a, oh, that's a fan that's Christian being a fan but I'm telling you the truth man with Bancaro this is that team this is not hopes and dreams. They're here now, and that's why they're going to be in the playoffs this year. When when you are scraping the bottom of the barrel, oh there's nowhere to go but up. So when you're com- – of course, you have optimism because you're just on the bottom. When you're in the bottom, it's like, no, oh, let's go. We can we can do it. We can get there. I'm like, you can't. You 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 have young talent. You're depending on these 22, 23-year-old kids to go ahead and somehow lead you to the promised land, the playoffs. And it's not going to happen. Every team has improved. Every team has improved with the exception of Orlando and the Heat. But the Heat actually has talent. The Heat actually has all-stars, has, you know, all NBA players. They have something they can kind of work with. The Magic is the opposite of what you said. They're living on hopes and dreams. Ladies and gents, this is the Florida Man Sports Podcast where the two Florida men agree to disagree on this one. Thank you for joining us, folks. We'll see you on the other side. Later, later.